play it again with some gyro dices. Is that better now? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's because I was like playing Street CPO fucking. It's. I think it's. Um. I think it's the um. The di- the Discord. Ah. Uh, the Discord because it's because uh, I was playing music. Yeah, yes. Here we are. Good evening and welcome to another fourteen words. This time. Hello. Also, I am here. Also, Hobbit <laughs> is here, and Fraser. The gang's all yep. here. The gang to entertain you, um, if anybody <laughs> knows that one. <laughs> um, yeah, as Oinkwinson's got it, like it's a play on Dig for Victory tonight. Uh, dig for what? <laughs> um, yeah, so we're going to talk about weird shit that's been pulled out, the, pulled out of the ground, or has it been pulled out of some archaeologist's ass? You Who mean knows? any old shit dug up the dirt? <laughs> yeah. Just any old shit, or has it just been pulled out of some archaeologist's ass? It could be on any of it. Uh, you got anything you want to start with, Hobbit? Yep, uh, 2.6 billion year old anal beads. Yeah, oh, I've done, I've, I haven't fixed the keyframe thing, so it's moaning about it again. So anything I play might not look right, <laughs> but I think sounds fine anyway. Um, yeah, did you want to start, Hobbit, or you got anything? Yeah, how dare Godwinson live stream at the same time we're streaming? I mean, like, it's just, it's just ignorant. You, you've got like um, uh, six days of the week where you can stream about, you know, your your gay internet drama. Yeah. Uh, yeah, two point six billion year old. I thought they were million years old. They're billion years old. Billion, anal beads. Billion years. That's right. Billion million years old. Yeah. So there's these iron beads, and I say beads, they're they're quite big, like uh, fist-sized, I think. Ooh. Uh, they're found in... With a... beads, that doesn't sound a lot of fun. They, they, they were <laughs> fist-sized. Do you wrap them around your knuckles like a... Like, like, <laughs> punching a lasagna? I, I suppose you can do anything what you want to them, really. Oh. But... But Look, they, these are on the smaller side for dinosaurs, okay? I mean, well, yeah. even dinosaurs don't exist then, for fuck's sake, but yeah. But two years, 2.6 billion years ago, are someone was making... <laughs> someone was making these beads yeah. and then buried them in a coal seam and, and they got rigid... Yeah, but they got ridges on them and uh, what, whatever the... for her pleasure. Whatever the purpose was, we don't know... <laughs> The fact is, not man-made. So oh, okay, yeah. Well, uh, they're, they're 2.6 billion-year-old anal beads. Why are they there? Did some caveman make them? But if so, like, that caveman not, is making stuff out of iron. And why are they buried in the coal seam? Yeah, does that, you know does those that... dinosaurs that escaped yeah. Earth in Star Trek Voyager? I think. Oh, the Voth. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
I think they're so, left them behind. Voth anal beads. Yeah. Ian wants to know was there dried shit on them. I don't, I, we don't want to know. Well, we you can, see we the can thing talk is about the million billion year old shit, can't we? <laughs> Well, the, the, the coprolite comes yeah. later, but yeah. uh, coal uh, is, there's two types of coal. There, there's coal which is made from oil condensation into solid objects. and Melting uh, dinosaurs. The, well, the, the other coal is uh, biomass, what's turned into peat, then turned into lignite. Is that melted dinosaurs? What, what if we got it all wrong? Um, it's just dinosaur shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, dinosaurs uh, could be also like you know great, the great dinosaur pooing grounds is what he's saying. For <laughs> <laughs> so in India, where they they cook things with cow pats, we cook things with dinosaur pats. <laughs> there you go. Another mystery. Another mystery. Mystery solved. What the fuck? Hold yeah. on, my fa- my my computer's shutting down. Why oh, that's I- nice. Why yeah. the Windows Bye, update? Thanks for the episode. See you next week. This is brought to you by Microsoft. <laughs> no, no, it's not shutting down. It's just buzzing out immensely. Oh, oh, yeah, because you know it's not a personal computer anymore. You just got it on loan from Microsoft. Yeah, yeah. Jojo Gizmo says, "How do you know they shoved them up their ass? Was there a cave drawing of them in action? Yes, there was. Watch Star Trek Voyager, and you'll see." <laughs> That episode is so fucking. Uh... <laughs> Wait, so, which episode are you talking about? Well, the 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 oh, uh, right. dinosaurs so... left Earth and went to the fucking is it the Gamma Quadrant or Delta Quadrant? So, dinosaurs left Earth. They're in a far-flung section of the galaxy uh, where Voyager is. And a dinosaur scientist has got this crazy idea, which is controversial, that vaccines cause autism. No, that uh, (laughs) dinosaurs originated from Earth. And, like, the the dinosaur council are like, uh, yeah, you're not going to do this because it's unscientific. I think think Uh, Rick and Morty did it better. Didn't Rick and Morty do that? Where the, uh, where what, the dinosaurs like 20 years later? Yeah, I think Rick and, yeah, Rick and Morty probably did it better. Rick and Morty did it better 20 years later. Yeah, yeah. okay, but... <laughs> yeah, I, I can't think of Rick and Morty apart from, like, that, you know, that clip of, like, I'm going to beat my wife, Marty. It's going to be eight seasons of me beating my wife, Marty. I like beating my wife, Marty. Whenever she talks, I beat her up, Marty. It's going to be great. She's going to have two black eyes, Marty. I beat my wife, Marty. I beat my wife. Only it's going to sound weird next season because thing he's been binned, and he just the Royland's been binned. Oh, is it like when like um, the yeah, guy did like when the Muppets, when the Muppets came back and they sounded all weird because Frank Oz yeah. is dead. Uh, they they need to do the same with um, like Apu in uh, in Simpsons. Hello, Shrubby Bobson for Gene. I mean, Frank, you'll come again. They they you know. Um, right. The Simpsons. Did you know the Simpsons are still going on? That's an artifact they'll find in the ground two point six billion years ago. Yeah, they'll find it. Find it. Find it. They'll find all the videotapes right, right alongside fucking ET, won't they? The desert. <laughs> oh, and those posters of Bart Simpson saying "Eat my shorts, Bunga dude." Yeah. Uh, now this this is also an artifact from the past. People. Like, you know, uh, Zoomers, with no sense of history, might not know this, but Bart Simpson from The Simpsons was seen as a cultural icon and a bit of a rebel. Yeah. Yeah. 
Anyway, back back uh, to what we were talking, what we we're supposed to be talking about. Where, where are you finished? Talking? Ancient artifacts, uh, ancient yeah. anal beads. Yeah. I'm not saying it was aliens, but aliens. Well, like that time we used the bog roll in a whole day. <laughs> you would do if you're using like solid iron anal beads. Yeah. So what are they say? So what are they positing that these beads are for then? They're not. They're just okay. like, oh, we wish oh, this would too. wouldn't appear in our two point six billion year old coal seam because yeah. people are going to start asking questions like, how are artificial objects appearing in coal which is two point six billion years old? It's an inconvenient or, truth. Or could, it, saying, yeah. or could it be that yeah. the dating system is completely fucking whack and uh, yeah, we can't actually date anything other than. Also, could it be that maybe. Maybe thousand years at best. Maybe just maybe human beings have been living longer than a couple thousand years. Yeah, we used to ride T Rex and Diplodocus. What would you call the multiple of? Yeah, what's the plural? Not Diplodoci. No, Docusus, right? You don't call it fish eye, do you? Fishing? I did try and set up a stream on. On uh, on Odyssey, but it's just fucking horrible. School of fish. Fish eye. Fish dicks. I think fish is like sheep, where the plural of fish is fish. Sheeps. Yeah, I'm not Sheeps. Jeremy Clarkson, Sheeps. so I'm, I'm not going to do that. It, a, a group of sheep. 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 A group of diplodocus. Sorry. One Diplodocus, two Diplodocus. Yeah, I'll go with that. Right, so what else did we find, Robert? Uh, hey. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so in uh, Death Valley, there are these stones. Uh, uh, so technically not something dug out of the ground, but I'm going to mention... connected to the ground, right? Well, I'm going to mention it because it's like nobody observes these stones moving about, but they do observe the trails left behind, in, like which would suggest that they've been dragged dragged across the desert. But no one's observed them moving, and the speculation is, oh, the, the wind just blows them about. The wind blows them about, but it doesn't blow away the the trails they leave in the ground, showing that they've been dragged. Uh, I mean, uh, now some might say, um, uh, "I'm I'm sure there's pictures of it, but uh, you know, it, yeah, it depends on." We're we're not on Odyssey tonight because I'd, 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 why do they why do they make things counterintuitive? So all you got to do is like write your own Python script and learn learn what Python is. Yeah, and then use it to integrate with with the, with the Java upload applet, yeah. and hopefully they haven't changed their API more than three times this year, so that once you've made the script, it carries on working. <laughs> well, I've deleted it. I've oh. deleted them all. For, I, don't, I really don't know what the fuck's going on with this. And you know, this just assumes that uh, Microsoft Windows doesn't just go, "Yeah, your system's updating, and you've got one minute to oh, say your words." Because I'm not signed in. Because I can't sign in. Because you don't have an account. I've got an account. No, I've got an account, an account, and I've set it up. Boomer. But obviously, <laughs> but obviously, it's fucking. It's like fuck you. You want to sign in? Fuck off. 
Uh, Fraser wants to see pictures of stones in Death Valley. What move see, around? Yeah, I want to see snow, stone trails. Let's go. That's, uh, yeah. Um. Stones. I want to see the stones, mm. the the moving stones, the moving the stones. rolling which, stones. Yeah, which nobody observes mo uh, moving and rolling about. Uh, Death Valley National Park in California is home to one of the most strangest Wait, phenomena. Is that a UNESCO World Heritage Site by any chance? Probably. Uh, I'm going to click on Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, sailing stones, also called sliding, walking, rolling, and moving rocks, are part of the geological phenomenon in which rocks move and inscribe long tracks along the smooth valley floor without animal intervention. The movement of the rocks occurs when large thin sheets of ice floating on an ephemeral winter pond break up in the sun. Ah, oh, yeah, so it's just what? ephemeral water, yeah, in one of the most what? arid places. Yeah, yeah, Death Valley, you know, that you just get a little bit of ice. It, it's it's just ice, which is, is gone, bro. Uh, the, no, is that... that I, um, gone? What? What? I, I, I should Wait, mention... It, it comes from the sky? I should mention that um, it's been long known that it... it, it that you can harvest ice from the desert. Saladin did it um, back in the yeah, day. He'd have these shallow troughs. Tough, yeah, yeah, and he'd have shallow troughs of water, and then the the like the the frigid uh, morning winds would blow on it and turn it into ice, and then they just sort of scoop up the ice, and then you know you'd, you'd have ice, which is weird to think like you're in the desert and you can have ice. Mm. Um. The movement of the rocks occurs when large thin sheets of ice floating on the feral winter pond break up in the sun. Frozen during cold winter nights, these thin floating ice piles are driven by wind and shove rocks up at speeds of 5 metres per minute. Oh, apparently, apparently Apple per. plans to screw with your USB-C. I've just seen a video uh, of see. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're going to do a thing saying that unless you buy an Apple-branded USB-C cable, you can't charge quickly. Trails of sliding rocks have been observed and studied in various occasions, including Little Bonnie Claire Player in Nevada, and most famously at Racetrack Player, Death Valley International Park, Alt National Park, California. And the number of length of tracks are notable. How are they saying they're doing it? By ice just forms so, during, around during them the... and then it slides them? Is that it, it like? Well, you see, during the night, ice forms yeah, and yeah. ice is like really slippy yeah. and th these stones are like just float magically on top of the ice because right. the so ice how do you doesn't get the ice under the stone if the stone is already on the ground um don't, don't don't worry about it bro don't think about trust, it trust okay. science trust the science right um i mean does it does, does the ice come up from the ground then does it no it's in the air uh, sorry, the water vapour in the air uh, right. solidifies as ice, precipitates okay. out. And then the winds... I mean, they'd have to get under the rocks, right? Yeah, uh, it, it it's not really saying how that happens or how like the ice doesn't just glue the rock in place. Exactly, like... At Racetrack Playa, these tracks have been studied since the early 1900s, yet the origins of stone movement were not confirmed. They remain the subject of research for which several hypotheses existed. However, as August 2014, timeless video footage of rocks moving has been published, 
showing the rocks moving at high wind speeds with the flow of thin melting sheet size. Right, so they are saying it's the wind that blows them around, but the wind somehow doesn't blow away the, the tracks left in, in the, the dirt. Um, showing the rocks moving at high wind speeds within the flow of thin melting sheets of ice. Scientists have first identified the cause of the moving stones to be ice shove. Hypothesis. Right. It's not cute. You have to. So, um, trust the science. Trust the 21st science. century. Wouldn't that? Wouldn't the whole area be like trailed? Not just. Is it? Are we talking about a singular stone then? We talking about uh, there's the there's, there's a few and the racetrack player in Death Valley has a lot of them. Um, further understanding the geologic processes work in racetrack player goes hand in hand with technological development. In 2009, development of inexpensive types digital cameras allowed the capturing of transient meteorological phenomena, including dust devils and player flooding. These cameras are aimed at capturing various stages of the previously mentioned phenomena. Free discussion of the sliding stones ensued. The developers of photographic technology describe the difficulty of capturing the racetrack staffy rocks as movements only occur about once every three years and they believe lasted about 10 seconds. And the next identified advancement was wind triggered imagery, vastly reducing the 10 millions of seconds of non transient time they had to sift through. It was postulated the small wrists of ice form around rocks, and the rocks are buoyantly floated off the soft bed. Ah, yes, because as we all know, rocks are less dense than water, thus reducing fric the reaction and friction forces at the bed. Since the eff effect depends on reducing friction and not an increasing wind drag, these ice cakes need not have a particularly large surface area if the ice is adequately thick. Oh, okay, right, I f right. So There's it may assumptions here. So, I am postulating that they're saying the ice forms underneath the rocks because, like, the rocks jut up from the ground and the moisture would then uh, accrete on the bottom surface and somehow it doesn't leach immediately into the ground. It, it forms, like, a, a layer of ice on, on the bottom of the stone. Well, for, for that to happen... For that to happen the ground must already be cold so this yeah. must be happening very very fast well uh, the, the bit which um i wonder about that is like so it gets to the bottom of it and it freezes to the bottom of the stone rather than just dripping off and getting wicked mm -hmm. away by the sand below reinforcing the ice raft theory a research study points out narrowing trails intermittent springs and trail ends having no rocks Stoney identified that water drained from higher into the plow while ice covered the intermittent lake. It suggests that the water buoyantly lifts the ice flows with embedded rocks until friction with the plier bed is reduced sufficiently for wind to move them and cause the observed tracks. Study also analyzes an artificial ditch intended to prevent visitors from driving on the plier and concludes that it may interfere with rock sliding. In 2020, NASA ruled out the potential reasons the stone moving results from the microbial mats and wind generated, wind generated water waves based on a fossil of dinosaur. What the hell does that mean? So in 2020, NASA ruled out the potential reasons for the stone. Oh, NASA, moving. yes, that's yeah, NASA, that's NASA, shall we? So they they ruled out potential reasons <laughs> stones moving results 
from the microbial... If I copy and paste the sentence, can you read it out? See if it makes any sense to you, because it's English, but like I, I posted it in the back chat. Right. In, t- in 2020, NASA ruled out the potential reasons for the stones moving results from the microbial mats and winged generated waterways based on a fossil of dinosaur what footprint none of that makes sense to me like this like <laughs> you've said you've said a bunch of things what? but none of that's related to one another out the potential reason for the stone right so for the potential reason for the stone moving okay so the there, there is a um and winged from microbial mats and wing-generated waterways, basically. There is a foot footnote there, so if I post in the footnote, we can right. go on to kidsnews.com. All the news pertaining to kids. NASA has sparked interest in the mystery of deaf saying stones that simply move on their own across the desert with no human or animal help and no obvious explanation. The US Space Agency chose an image of a sailing stone, also known as a sliding rock, for its astronomy picture of the day. So there's a picture here on this website showing the Milky Way, which, as we all know, is Greek yep. for galaxy. Uh, sorry, um, Milky Way in galaxy is is gal- uh, Sorry, Milky Way in Greek is galaxy. There. Um, the dry lake at Racetrack Playa in California's Death Valley, U.S., is famous for them. Scientists have studied the rocks and the long trails leave behind, suspecting that ice, wind, or even bacteria can be causing the heavy rocks to move. NASA selected photographer Keith. Uh, oh, NASA selected uh, uh, Keith Burke, who's a photographer's image of a sailing stone for its daily astronomer fo- photo, as it features a uh, Milky Way filled sky. NASA wrote alongside its chosen image. How long did this rock end up on this strange terrain? One of the more unusual places here on Earth occurs inside Death Valley. There. A dry, there a dried bay, lake bed named Racetrack Playa exists that is almost perfectly flat, with the odd exception of some very large stones, one of which is pictured here in April of 2019 beneath a dark Milky Way filled sky. Scientists are becoming more confident about what causes the rocks to move, explained NASA. Only recently, however, has a viable scientific hypothesis. Both viable and scientific hypotheses have asterisks on them. <laughs> yeah, I <noticed> that. <laughs> however, has a viable scientific hypothesis been given to explain how heavy sailing stones end up near the middle of such a flat land surface? Unfortunately, as frequently happens in science, a seemingly surreal problem ends up having bread to mundane solution. Uh, right, um, surreal, uh, mundane, uh, both of asterisks. It it turns out that the, in winter, thin ice sheets form and winds push ice sections later with even heavy rocks across the temporary slick playa when sunlight melts the ice. Last year, researchers spotted another sailing stone on track on the fossil of our preserved dinosaur footprints of 200 million years ago. Paleontologist, that also has an asterisk. I sh- Maybe these are like, uh, they have like a glossary of terms because it's supposed yes. to be children, this stuff. Yes. Paleon- so. Paleontologist Paul Olson of Columbia University, us, and his team 
why do they call it US and not USA? And his team recently presented their findings about the long smear mark puzzled over by scientists since 1896. The researchers considered how the sending stone would have moved along the footprints and argued their findings could be evidence of a brief freezing period during the early Jurassic. This would fit in with the theory that the stones move when ice is formed if the area they're in gets flooded. They are then thought to sail across the ice as it melts, creating a track in the mud that hardens and remains when the water evaporates. Um, there's a photograph here showing a smear mark of a on this fossil of a dinosaur footprint is thought to be from an ancient sailing stone. So there's dinosaur. There's your smear print. campaign. That was quite. That was quite funny. That was on. Do you remember the Family Guy? Oh no, when I Brian, don't. When Bri Brian's talking about he do, he's doing the weed bit and he and then uh, and Brian says uh, there was a there was a smear, smear campaign against weed and then Bri and then uh, Peter just lets one rip and then he goes there's your smear campaign. Ugh. It's dirty. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, this reminds me of um, in Malta. They've got they call them uh, ancient cart tracks, except they're prehistoric, and the ruts go about uh, ten inches deep into bedrock. And they're saying, "Oh yeah, it's just a cart and donkey going over the same piece of land over and over again makes these these tracks." You know, a wooden wheel. Uh, goes into hard bedrock and carves out 10-inch long ruts. And that's really good, you see. You're not going to be like just driving along going, oh, uh, I'll avoid those ruts. No, I'll just keep on the going into go the 10 inches uh, deep. 10 inches deep into um, bedrock. Microbes and wind generators waterways are also possible reasons for the stones moving, but the researchers ruled these methods up for the ancient saying stone. Right, okay, now I understand that sentence in the Wikipedia article. Well, hey! They concluded... The, was reading a kid's fucking thing. They concluded that the ice method was more likely because the details preserved in the dinosaur footprint would not have been as complicated if microbes had been involved. Really? It doesn't say why it would have been... Why? complicated it's just it is oh and then there's a bit about of death valley oh and then the glossary terms terrain the form of the land such as rocky flat hilly viable possible do able hypothesis idea or statement that you can test to see if it's true surreal weird like it's not real mundane everyday and a bit boring slick smooth oh i'm glad that slick has been glossaried Paleontologists, fossil expert, microbes, short word for microorganisms, including bacteria. Extra reading, breakthrough in the Loch Ness mystery, the mystery of the monster's invisible teeth, solving the Stone Age mystery, take a virtual tour of the world. Oh, and there's a quiz. Uh, question one, let's see if the chat can get in on this. Other than the stone, what else is in this photo that NASA is interested in? Oh, they'd have to see it. Uh, there's a picture of, of the, the galaxy. Um, question two. Well done, chap. Everyone got that right. Explain what scientists believe causes the stones to move. Let's see if we get any answers from the chat. We'll, we'll have to wait a while um, for them to... You know, there's what the uh, the YouTube delay footprint would not have um, been as question complicated number three? if microbes have been involved. What is the ancient sliding stone on top of? 
And uh, question number four, what are the two reasons the ancient slaying stone the size is considered? Oh, and then a bonus question. List three facts about Death Valley. Uh, please send your answers to uh, BBC Blue Peter, PO Box 1488. Um, is it Shepherd's Bush? Yeah, I think it's Shepherd's Bush, London. And please use the postcode. So uh, let's no, let's see what, what, what. I think don't you have to use a new stream key every time you go on Odyssey, don't you? I mate, uh, I've done it once, and yeah. I don't know. I don't know what I did. Frankly, I find it amazing I can do technology at all. Yeah, no, that's I, wank. It's just pile of wank. I um, I I made some music recently, which you can find on YouTube. That's the only place I've uploaded it yeah. to. Um, I wasn't sober when I made uh, it. Sergeant Oikmanson says they want to grind up the stone and put it in Halloween masks. Uh, if anybody gets the response to that one. Um, okay. Halloween yeah. 3. Have you seen Halloween 3, Hobbit? Long story short, um, I didn't have any uh, eight, uh, quarter inch to eight inch adapters. No, the other way around. To fit the line out for my... Is, it, um, is, this what, is this why you can't tell me if you watched Halloween 3 or not? Yeah, off the synth into my computer. <laughs> However, the microphone which I'm speaking to you now on, we're doing the show about things that we've done found on the ground, uh, has a line-in socket on The question I it. asked you was, have you seen Halloween 3, Hobbit? <laughs> um, that's the one Freddy Krueger in it. No. No, Halloween 3 is... The oh, one that's with... Nightmare on Elm Street. Halloween 3 is the one without Michael Myers, Myers in it, and it's like a completely separate thing. It's nothing to do with the rest of the Halloween films. Why do they call it Halloween then? Right, the original the original intention for the Halloween films, like I'm sure quite a lot of people know this, but the original intention was for it to be an anthology series. So every time there's a new Halloween film, there'd be a different subject. But what happened was okay. the studio the studio made made Carpenter do two, and then he did three, which he which is what he wanted to originally do as two, and then people said, "Where's Michael Myers?" And then that that was the end <laughs> of that. <laughs> But Halloween three oh. is quite a good. If you just want to watch one Halloween film and it has nothing to do with like Michael Myers or anything, it's really interesting because what because what they do, they, um, some some geezer is he's a bit he's a bit mad. It's the you know the old man from RoboCop. Uh, Paul Weller. No, the man who the man who runs the company. They call him the old man, don't they? Oh, okay. So he's actually some evil guy, and what he wants to do is he wants to uh, zap zap little kiddies in the face so their heads turn to bugs. Hey, um, you, you know we're doing stories of things what have been found in the ground. Yeah. Uh, I'll read this headline to you. Giant seven-foot-long demon-slaying sword is discovered in a 1,600-year-old tomb in Japan. Yeah. Archaeologists say weapon was laid by the dead to help them fight evil spirits in the afterlife. Only. An iron sword designed for warding off demons is found in a barrel mound. A shield made from a mirror was also uncovered, suggesting Wait. the two also fighting the Medusa and also figured out that a mirror shown to her... Oh, no, isn't, isn't that to... like the Master Sword and the Mirror Shield? Like I'm saying it's a sword wielded by a giant because... Um, yeah, it's adult Link. He's gone through the Temple of Time. It, it, like, he's, he's, the, talk, he's talking about Zelda Hobbit. He's, he's talk, it's all right. Yeah. yeah. Fraser's <laughs> Fraser, Fraser, talking about Zelda pop is. culture Hobbit. Just... just, just, just <laughs> Just Nodem, smile, Nodem. just smile, and pretend you know what he's talking about. N Nintendo, boop boop. 
I, I too enjoy Tetris from time to time. <laughs> oh, they're, they're doing a movie of the Tetris guy. Um, this ah. is kind of it's kind of conspiracy. Like the, I watched the documentary about the te- Tetris guy. You should watch it. It's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Hobbit, um, Hobbit. What what color is the guy's tunic in 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 the, in the burial tomb? It's uh, definitely uh, it's definitely a color. Yes. Yeah, what color hey, it? did you know Link is Christmas? The Tetris guy murdered. You, his, know, did you know it's Link's t- burial ground. And the, did you know the Tetris One guy murdered time. his wife and child, and then half half sawed his own head off? What? Right. Um, <laughs> no, I I didn't know that. I do know that Hans Reiser, creator of the Ride he, of the Roll system, he killed himself by slitting his throat so hard he went halfway through the neck. Like that's a, that's how much he really wanted to commit suicide. Yeah. Uh, did you have evidence that lead to the arrest of Hillary Clinton? No, he he had uh, he had the code to Tetris. <laughs> he had the code to Tetris. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, as code, he taught, I mean, the programming code, to... like he created Tetris. Yeah. Hasn't the source code been public knowledge for a long time now? I mean, that, I think that's one of the reasons yeah, but why he created the... it so the Soviet Union could like distract everyone and like you yeah. know yes. take over the world. Yeah. Yes. I think it's pertinent to mention, in addition to like you know the seven foot long sword and the mirror shield. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, last year in Japan, a thousand year old killing stone cracked open, uh, releasing a uh, demon. Uh, the the thousand year old killing stone trapped the spirit of a malevolent being. Oh, they was don't that, want to call that, it a demon. Was the, did that? Uh, was it named Gannon? Some of led to the arrest and imprisonment of uh, the demon Hillary Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a fox demon, but oh yeah, I just want to say Link is fox canonically uh, canonically Christian. Yeah, saying about a, a fox demon with nine tails. Yeah, according oh, to legend. Amateur... No, that's not amateur. Oh, what's that? What's the one called? Oh, well, no, I due know. to rain. Oh, uh, due to rainwater, of course. The rock is split open, sending right. believers into a state of frenzy. The legend warns anyone who comes into contact with the stone will die. This volcanic rock, which is officially called the Shesoseki, is rumoured to contain the mythical Tamano no Me, also known as the Nine-Tailed Fox. Oh, I was right. It's a the fox demon. I've, uh, Tamano... I've, I've got one here. I've got one here that includes a quote from uh, Charles Fort. Anyway, carry on. Uh, Tamano no Me was the ancient demon from Japanese mythology that took the form of a beautiful woman. Oh, the Kitsune, creature... Yoko. Yeah, the Kitsune. Ah, so it's so ancient uh, Japanese fox fairies. The creature yes. was story to be part of a plot to call Emperor Toba, ruler of Japan from uh, 1107 to 1123 Anno Domini, year of our Lord. Yeah. The volcanic rock is actually a popular tourist attraction. Oh, it's it's actually a popular tourist attraction. Actually, in the, actually located actually. in the mountainous northern region of Toshigi North. near Tokyo. Is it in North? Is it a bit? Um, located in the mountainous northern region of Toshiki, near Tokyo. The region is famous for its sulfurous hot springs. Mm, you can smell like rotten eggs as you have a bath. Beautiful. According to folklore, this killing stone earned its name by spewing poisonous gas at people. However, since the rock cracked open, visitors have been fearful of approaching the site. Some users online have even expressed fears the evil spirit has been unleashed once again. Um, Lily 0727K, a user on Twitter. When, when, when did this break open and when was hentai? Uh, it broke open last year. Oh, okay, so it's not hentai. 
Shared an image of the split rock, writing, I came alone to Shisoseki, where the legend of the nine-tailed fox remains. Yeah, Uwe, oh. afterwards. <laughs> um, I don't know. It was supposed to be, but the rock was split in half, and the rope was also detached. If it's a manga, it's a pattern that the seal is broken and is possessed by a nine-tailed fox, and I feel I've been seeing something that shouldn't be seen. I'm getting really scared. According to the local reports, the rock had actually begun cracking a couple of years ago. Most likely, rainwater seeped into the rock, degrading it over the years. And to, yeah, okay, but yeah, right. Carry on, the, Mr. Duffy. To see here, it's just rainwater. No, it's obviously it's rainwater, bro. It's just rainwater. <laughs> okay, snows. This is rainwater, bro. Japanese snows. Is that Japanese, Japanese snows going? It's JapaneseDailyExpress.co.uk. <laughs> Local officials are now figuring out what to do with the rock's remains and are looking into whether they could attempt to restore it. Others have commented on Split Rock saying, yeah, here I thought in 2022 couldn't get worse. Now our fierce Japanese spirit is freed from its killing stone. But another joke, my guess is the demon is going to look around in 2022. I went to go back into the road for another millennium. Am I right, Reddit? Tips for Dora? To be honest. To be fair, that's a fair comment. True. It still seems like a Reddit moment to me. Uh, the the demon, Japan... demon goes out and he's like, oh, this is hell already. What do I have to do? <laughs> just oh, goes on holiday. Oh, my, my, my help is not needed here. I'll yeah. just have a nap. <laughs> I'll just snuggle back in my rock, yeah. The Japanese newspaper quoted a tourism official saying he would like to see the Shusoseki restored to its original form. Hopefully, the rumoured demon within the stone would be restored to its rocky prison as well. <laughs> They're going to super glue it back together and hope the demon... They're going the to literally, st- literally shut the barn after the fox is bolted. Yeah, the nine-tailed fox. <laughs> Nine-tails, I choose you. The Killing Stone was registered as a. Oh, no. Is it going to team up with a blue hedgehog and rule the world? It, it's it's got an it's got a name. What's what's the name uh, of this nine-tailed fox? You already said it's it. Um, Pokemon, isn't it? Ah, uh, ta- 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 Tamomo no Mei. Tamomo no Mei. Tamagotchi. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. Tamagotchi, exactly. Yeah. Um, what so what they could do? All oh, right, here we go. The Killing Stone was registered as an official historical site in 1957. It was also mentioned in Matsuo Basho's The Narrow Road to the Deep North. The site has inspired a no play, a novel, a play. and an anime film. Yet yeah, a play which is called a no. Oh, I'm going to look. S- play. Yeah, a, a no play. Okay. N O H. N O H. No. No. Derived from. That's the why the demon wants to go back in the rock. Derived from the Sino Japanese word for skill or talent is a major form of classical Japanese dance drama. Okay. Okay. So it's going to so it's going to destroy the world in the in the form of interpretive dance. So there's there's a traditional Japanese dancing play about about it. Uh, during blasting work at Dorchester, Massachusetts in 1851, the broken halves of a bell-shaped vessel, this might be what you were talking about, Hobbit, were thrown thrown by the force of an explosion from the vessel's resting place within a bed of formerly solid rock. The vase, about four and a half inches high, was made of an unknown metal and embellished with floral inlays of silver, the art of some cunning workman, according to the local newspaper report. 
The editor of the of Scientific American gave his opinion that the vase had been made by Tubal Cain, the biblical father of metallurgy. In oh, response, um, actually, uh, there's another way of pronouncing it, which I think uh, you'll find is is quite pertinent. Uh, it's also known as Tubal Cain, and okay. like. You know the logo of like Facebook before yeah. it became Meta yeah. uh, and then became Facebook again was a lowercase f. Yeah. That's also the symbol of two ball cane, which is like uh, it's two balls and a cane. Okay. The cane, the oh, cane looks the like little, a flaccid. The things with it. Ah, the stylized f with the little uh, things on the. It, it, the the cane also looks like a willy. What is flaccid? Okay. The That's why it's got two balls. Uh, uh-huh. In response, Charles Fort, a lifelong connoisseur of anomalies and dedicated opposition, op- opponent of scientific dogmatism, said, Though I fear that this is a little arbitrary, I'm not disposed to fly rapidly at every scientific opinion. <laughs> Just fucking Charles Fort again dabbing on the scientific community. Yeah, well, it, it needs to be done. Cause, he's, a fucking, you know. he's a fucking legend, uh, Charles Fort. Isn't he? And that's why we called it 14 Words, because Charles Fort is an absolute chad. <laughs> you remember when, we, the, we needed, when the train... We needed, we needed Charles Fort now. We, need, we needed yeah. Charles Fort to, to fight fucking Fauci, didn't we? Do you, do you remember when train enthusiasts would be like, ah, oh, but I thought this had other implications? And it's like, yeah, no, it's, it's about Charles Fort. Yeah, because he's the, a chad. Charles Fort, the the original I fucking hate science guy. <laughs> yeah. The original I fucking love science. I'd love, I'd love to like if you want to resurrect anybody in history, mine's now is Charles Fort, and I'd love to see him see him go up against uh, Black Science Man. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> if, if if I could resurrect anybody, it would be Sir Joseph Paxton because be like, go on, <laughs> invent me a banana then. Yeah. <laughs> No, it'd be Charles. It'd be Charles Foot. Charles Foot, and it'd be like a two-way fight between Black Science Man and uh, Bill Nye. Oh, mate, uh, Bill Nye. Uh, there, there needs to be like like a, a sort of death match thing, the nation round, and so Joseph Paxton uh, versus Charles Foot. Black Science Man versus isn't space amazing? <laughs> Look! Look at my Nunu! I found a galaxy in my Nunu. Just one, just one, one child, one child fort versus them three. Oh, I've got a Nunu. I've got a galaxy in my Nunu. Isn't it amazing? Um. <laughs> In 1851, Hiram DeWitt of Springfield, Massachusetts, accidentally dropped a fist-sized piece of gold-bearing quartz that he had previously brought back from California. The rock was broken apart by the fall, and inside it, DeWitt found a new, uh, uh, found a two-inch cut iron nail, slightly corroded. This was entirely straight and had a perfect head. How about that one, then, Hobbit? What do you think to that? Entirely straight and a perfect head. I don't know. That sounds a bit blowjob gay to me. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, what do you think to that though? Coming out of a fist-sized piece of gold-bearing quartz. What I'm wondering what gold-bearing quartz. Oh, so it's quartz. What's, what's got gold in it? Oh, okay. yeah. You think Hiram was quite a fan of the old gold, then, do you? Oh, every time you say Hiram, I keep thinking of Hiram Abiff. <laughs> that's why uh, I keep saying he, it. That's why I keep saying Hiram like that. There's a, there's a particular reason I keep saying Hiram like that. He, he, yeah, wasn't he like a, a famous um, bloke? What? It, um, 
uh, what's that thing, you know, the people with the elaborate handshakes? Oh, Freemasons. Uh, Freemason. Hiram Abiff of the of the Freemasons. Yeah. D- different Hiram, I imagine. Hiram. Hiram of How Hiram. How are you doing? How are you doing, Bernie? Uh, so... Other guys say I'm pretty fly what for a rabbi. Uh... Can you imagine that? Weird old Yankovic is not Jewish. Hobbit. Geodes are something like oysters, but not much to look at on the outside, but apt to contain something valuable within. Is this your is this your experience of geodes, is it, Hobbit? Uh, uh, I think geodes are pretty branch, you know, they're like, um, the yeah, I, I like geodes. Why? Oh, there's a bit about, uh, so, okay. Oh, well, this is quite interesting. So, to the untrained eye, geodes look like ordinary stones, but their cavities are often filled with small wonderland of colourful crystals and minerals. A good geode, carefully sawn in half, is much prized by rock collectors <laughs> and by those who business, whose business is selling rocks. In 1961, Wally Lane, Mike Mikesell, that's his, that's really his name, Mike Mikesell, and Virginia, Vin, Virginia Maxie, the three people with the weirdest fucking names in our whole of America, just happen to be mates. Um, but does does uh, Virginia have a brother called uh, called Austin? Austin Maxie, yeah. Uh, co-owners of the LM and V. Wow, they, they fucking really thought about that name, didn't they? Jesus Christ. Uh, they must have been up all night thinking about that one. Uh, the LM and V Rockhounds Rockhounds J. Rockhounds Gem and Gift Shop in a oh, fucking hell. They go for the snappy start and then they just, just falls apart, doesn't it? In Olancha, California, went into the Coso Mountains, six miles northeast of Olancha, to look for unusual rocks. Near the top of a 4,300-foot peak overlooking the dry bed of Owens Lake, they found a fossil-encrusted geode that proved to contain something very strange. When the geode proved to contain after Mike Mikesell, why can't they just call him Mike? Fucking hell. Or, or Mr. Mike Cell. <laughs> Mr. Mike Cell. Mike, Mike Cell by name and by Mike Cell by nature. Um, had ruined a diamond Mike saw blade. Mike by name, Cell by nature. <laughs> had ruined a diamond saw blade in cutting it open. Was something that later to be shown to resemble a spark plug. In the middle of the geode I... was a metal core about 0.8 inch. Two millimetres in diameter. Enclosing this, enclosing this was... Well, was what appeared to be a ceramic collar that was itself self encased in a hexagonal sleeve carved out of wood that had presumably at a later date become petrified. Around this was the outer layer of the geode consisting of hardened, hard, hardened clay, pebbles, bits of fossil shell, and two non magnetic metallic objects resembling a nail and a washer. A fragment of copper still remaining between the ceramic and petrified wood suggests that the two may once have been separated by a now decomposed copper sleeve. Ah, uh, see, N- spark plugs can occur in nature. Yeah. It's proven. <laughs> Remember that next time your dad tells you spark plugs don't don't <laughs> don't grow on trees. Yeah. Uh, X-ray photographs of the objects were taken, and it was after examining those that the ed- editor of Info Journal, Paul Willis. Notice the startling similarity between the Koso artifact and a modern spark plug. Uh, in 1963, the Koso geode had been displayed for three months at Eastern California Museum in the Independence. In Independence, Wally Lane then seems to have taken possession of the object, and in 1969 was reportedly offering it for for sale for two thousand twenty-five thousand dollars. 
According to the estimate of a geologist unnamed in the original report of the find, the age of the geode, based on the fossils it contains, is some 500,000 years. No examination by a named professional scientist or scientific organisation is on record. Well, they wouldn't, would they? Because they wouldn't want to prove that true, would they? No. Well, it's just nature, like, you know, occasionally makes spark plugs. Yeah. Uh because it's when it's life, just a natural when life get, when life gives you geodes make spark plugs. Yeah, just like look, spark plugs are naturally occurring phenomena. Everyone knows that. They, yeah. These are just natural, no not spark plugs. Yeah, that's that's conspiracy theory. Yeah, I fucking hate science. Modern science. Uh, an iron instrument, apparently resembling the bit of a coal drill was found inside a lump of coal taken from an excavation in Scotland in 1852. It was supposed that a miner had broken his drill wall, drill wall working the seam and had left the piece of metal embedded there, but the surface of the lump of coal was unbroken. It showed no sign of drilling, nor, nor any present or former opening by which a drill might have passed into its interior. If such a thing were not quite impossible, according to every date in the geology tech books, Observers would have been obliged to conclude that the coal, the coal had somehow formed around the mysterious metal. I don't know quite know what they're saying there. Well, it's saying that like coal ate the drill, but yeah, coal yeah, fighting back. Yeah, coal just just does that, you know. It's just yeah. this so, this solid object which will just merge around it. What? Why? Why is that so controversial to you? Uh, how, Idiot. How do you pronounce Why that don't you place just trust that them? AIX en Provence? How do you pronounce that a bit? Uh, Eon Provence. Okay. Extensive quarrying was done near the city of Eon Provence, France, between 1786 and 1788 to provide the large quantities of limestone needed for the rebuilding of the Palace of Justice. In the quarry from which the limestone was taken, the rock strata were separated from each other by layers of, sand and, layers of sand and clay, and by the time the workmen had removed the lemonade layers of rock, they found they had reached a depth of some 40 or 50 feet below the original I, ground level of the area. Beneath it sounded a bit like you were saying lemonade layers of rock. Yeah. Beneath the lemonade layer of limestone, they came to a bed of sand and began to move it to get at the rock beneath. But in the sand, they found the stumps of the stumps of stone pillars and fragments of half-worked rock, the same stone and rock as they had themselves had been excavating. They dug further, and to their intense surprise, found coins, the petrified wooden handles of hammers, and pieces of other petrified wooden tools. Finally, they came to a large wooden board, seven or eight feet long and an inch thick. Like the wooden tools, it had also been petrified into a form of agate. What's agate, Hobbit? Uh, agate's a type of stone. Type of stone. It'd been uh, semi-precious into... stone? Oh, is it? Yeah, it's an agate. Yeah, it's crystallised. And agate, yeah. And it had been broken into pieces. When the pieces were reassembled, the workmen saw, saw before them a quarryman's board, exactly the kind they themselves used, worn in just the same way as their own boards were, with rounded, wavy edges. How a stonemason's yard, equipped with the kind of tools used in France in the uh, in the late 18th century, had come to be buried 50, deep, 50 feet deep under layers of sand and limestone 300 million years old is a question even more vexing today than at the time of the original discovery. It's well, no, vexing, bruv. Vexing, bruv. I'm totally vexed, bruv. Um, for now we know, thanks to advances in geological and anthropological dating, such a thing is absolutely and 
in it's easy for me to say, in could yeah. incontrovertibly impossible. Yeah, it does. I've seen that after a few. Yeah, hmm. it's it's incontrovertibly impossible, impossible, but it happened, Hobbit. It's almost. impossible, but it happened. So it's not impossible. Then, it's almost it? like something in the 1700s, like swallowed up the ground. You know, swallowed up these. Well, things. it's weird, mm. yeah, but and petrified it. Mm. Have you ever seen like um, like uh, videos of earthquakes, and then like it's solid ground, but then it's all bubbly, and it's not. It's a liquid. Yeah, liquefaction. Yes. Yeah. Right. I'll be back in a sec. Blows nose. So, uh, did did you have any like things what have been found in the ground, but now they're not in the ground? Uh, well, not ri- well. Okay, the okay, got a small bit about it. Uh, Viking sword. Okay, right. So uh, let's see this. Viking. Once sword. upon a time, there was a Viking sword. Yes, an um an umber um. Ulfbrunt sword displayed at the Saramiscus Museum, Nuremberg, Germany. Um, When archaeologists followed found Van King's sword, Ulfbrunt, dating from 800 to 1000 AD, they were stunned. They couldn't see how the technology to make such a sword would have been available until the Industrial Revolution 800 later. The carbon content is three times higher than other swords at the time, and impurities were removed, such as a degree... Uh, such a degree that the iron ore must have been heated to at least 3,000 degrees Fahrenheit. With yeah, I think I remember seeing rec- recently um, that uh, steel was found in Europe uh, yep. f- 3,000 years ago. Yeah, well... Mm. Uh, yeah, so yeah, basically this, this sword was found... Well, yeah. Well, the thing is, it was dated then, but it was revolution was eight hundred years later. Hmm. St- steel smelting is more complex than uh, yeah. basic iron smelting because yeah. it's not just oh yeah, combine. Uh, if you could just combine basic carbon and uh, steel together, you end up with cast iron, which is very brittle. Yeah. Uh, steel, you've got to do stuff to it at very high temperatures. Well, the thing is, we know even from conventional history. That there was a Bronze Age first, then there was is, the um, Iron Age. Steel's iron and tin, isn't it? Steel is iron and carbon, iron but carbon. Uh, if you get, tin. yeah, uh, um, but if you get, um, uh, come on, brain, yeah, if you just combine uh, carbon and iron together, you get cast iron, which is strong, but it's brittle. It's not steel. Uh, but that's my point, you see. Yeah, because these... steel's built. Uh, steel's kind of it, it, it takes a lot of vibration, doesn't it? Whereas car, cast iron can't. Uh, yeah, it, steel is tough. Where where there's uh, toughness is how how much it can take before it breaks. Yeah. Uh, there's a difference between toughness and hardness. So, like for example, diamond is very hard, but it's not very tough. You can shatter it with a hammer made up steel. Um, now, uh, the, the thing I want to mention about that, even in conventional history, it's understood that before the Iron Age, there was the Bronze Age. But bronze requires not just like understanding of metallurgy and alloys, but a communication network, because copper and tin are in separate places in the world. Like, yeah, you can get your copper from Cyprus, but uh, as far as I know, the nearest available tin is either in Germany or Cornwall. 
and Joseph of Arimathea, who was uh, Jesus's uncle, he had uh, uh, tin mines in uh, Cornwall. So the the people of the Levant knew about Cornwall. Mm. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. I did. Uh, oh, uh, you want to know another? Herm Herman Hermit says, "Want well, just reading the chat briefly." Herman Hermit says. Wonder what they won't mention what they find on the HS2 tunneling site, Smithsonian keep it, I guess. If you've got more information about that, I'd like yeah. to hear it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Ireland. So also... Herman's saying Ireland has tin mines. Not as good as well, Cornish tin. It's still it's still the fact that the like tin is in like northern Europe, right? Yeah, they'd have to come to England to get it. it yeah, you... and copper's in the Mediterranean. So it's like it, uh, it takes yeah. Less it takes less moving around and less technology to make iron tools than it does bronze tools. Things that make you go, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And also, steel was found like uh, three thousand years ago in Europe, so steel metallurgy was known about then. Not cast iron, not wrought iron, but steel. Right. Well, have you have you guys heard of the Iron Pillar of Delhi? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, we've unusual. About it a few times on here, haven't we? Yeah. Let's just say it again, because you never know. It might be someone's right. first episode, and okay. I don't mind going right. over all So, the Iron stuff. Pillar of Delhi, uh, an inscription from about 400 AD by King Kandragupta II on the Iron Pillar of Delhi. Uh, okay. Hello, I am the real so, King so, Kandragupta. So basically, it's a. Uh, okay, so the pillar is at least 1,500 years old, but could be older. It's, it's It remains rust free. And is of an astounding purity. It is 99.72% iron. According to Professor A.P. Gupta, head of the Department of Applied Sciences and Humanities at the Institute of Technology and Management of India, in modern times, raw iron has been made with a purity of 99.8%, but it contains magnesium and sulfur, two ingredients absent in the pillar. It was made at least 400 years before the largest known foundry of the world could have produced it wrote John Rowler in a study of uh, craftsmen of the ancient world and medieval civilization. It's so just naturally world, occurring, bro. Yeah, just, yeah. And they managed to, like, write, you know, Chandra it, Gupta just, like, stuck it in the ground and wrote on it again. Hello, my um, name is Chandra Gupta. How to be, this is, this is really true. To show the influence of training in present-day methods. Training. Yeah, so, yeah, there's a giant iron pillar in Delhi that does not rust. Yeah. Yeah, because as we all know, iron, like, you know, you, yeah. stainless iron, it, it's a commonly known substance. Mm. What's con controversial about that? Yeah. So, kind of kind of, kind of in the ground still. It's dug up, but yeah, it's, uh, I guess, still technically in the ground. Uh, what else have we got? 1,500-year-old uh, pipes, anyone? Anyone for... Oh, what, the ones in, in China? No, those are older, aren't they? Well, oh, okay. They're yeah, Madonna's pipes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Madonna's pipes. <laughs> so, a cave near the Mount Balgaron in China contained pipes leading to a nearby lake. They were dated by the Beijing Institute of Geology to about 1,500... 1,000... 1,050... Well, 150,000, sorry, years ago. I was going to say, yeah... Ryan the, the... Dunning of Skeptoid.com. Oh yeah! By the way, yeah, news update from Skeptoid. Still they didn't get back. No. <laughs> no not. Oh wait, is that the is that the guy you sent the email about the the, the cars? The oh, the, of... I, yeah. 
I messaged him on Twitter saying, can you tell me a bit more about the regrading efforts of every city in the 1850? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Yeah, because horses can't get up hills. What, what, what was it he said? Horses can't get no, up hills, weren't it? it cars, cars. Cars can't get up hills. Cars so can't you get see, up hills. A horse yeah, can that, quite easily. Yeah, well, the, you see, um, you, you know, it's just like in 1850, there might have been like six cars in the world, so we, we got to like regrade every city in the world at the same time. Cars didn't really come into like mass production until like 1900s, right? Like, uh, and even then, it, well, you like, had that shit, you had that weird shit with a dude with a flag that walked in front, didn't you? Even then, it's like it's all in a good saying, oh, yes, they regraded cities, yeah. but. I happen to have it on good authority that cars weren't just in the cities, they were also in the country. And in the country, um, you know, people didn't... Um, yeah. No, they didn't come back to me. Oh. But anyway, shit talk more shot. about the, the weird um, iron pipes which yes. are in China underneath okay, a pyramid, which the Chinese here. won't let people... Zin, zin. Xin Hao reported that the pipes were Oh, on a first year, I'd like a Xin Hao. Yes. The local smeltery in 8% well, I'm drinking of the, the lucky butter. could not be identified. So we have uh, 92% pipes. Um, Zhen Zhidong, a geology research fellow from the China Earthquake Administration, told State One newspaper The People's Daily in 2007 some of the pipes were found to be highly radioactive. Jean Zhedong uh, said iron-rich magma had be, have may have risen from deep in the earth, bringing the iron into fissures where it have solidified into tubes. Although he admitted there is indeed something mysterious about these pipes, he cited the radioactivity as an extreme of the, of the strange qualities of the pipe. There we are. It's just a, a naturally occurring... Nuclear power plant from yeah. 150,000 years ago, yeah. which just so happens to be in the shape of a pyramid, which the Chinese won't open for tourism or archaeological research. Nothing to say here, bro. Yeah, so uh, exactly. When, when, also, when your, your your dad tells you uh, pipes don't grow in on trees, you, you tell them, well, actually, no, they grow in the ground. Speaking of pipes, yeah. I've just looked into the Discord and I've noticed that 9/11 was an inside job. <laughs> what? You, what? No. Henry <laughs> no, Clinton said no, it. That, that, the picture you put in there, Hobbit, with the airplane. <laughs> what? I put but a I'm picture with an airplane? not describing on a family show. Uh, <laughs> what did I post <laughs> into the Discord? Where, where did I post this? In the, Mac the Chat? Grub and Glory Discord. Oh, Grub and Glory. Um, let's have a look. Is it in general? Uh, doodling Pad. Doodling Pad. Let's have a look at oh, that. God. Uh, I'm right, yeah, that has evidence to lead to the arrest of Hillary Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not describing that for a family show, so you lot are gonna have to guess what that picture oh, is. Can I? Can I? Mark, look, there's a plane in Manuna. There's a plane. There's a plane in Manuna. What's going on? Uh, that's as close as you're getting to a description. <laughs> We're very professional here family, at 41. Family show. Family show. Don't say fuck up. Lucky there's a family show. Yeah. Uh, so Lucky there's Fraser? a man who scribes uh, all the things that go on. buried in the ground. Uh, uh, 1.8 billion year old nuclear reactor. Potentially. Just yeah. a coincidence, bro. 
That's just a, that's just a strange Ohio, rock. Ohio. It's just an odd rock formation. What are you talking about? Right. Look, okay. So okay, we've got the nuclear naturally reactor occurring nuclear reactor at Okio, the Gabon Republic. Right? You ever heard of the fucking Gabon Republic? What is this? Ah, uh, I've known the, the, the Gabon. Is it the Melchizedek Republic's new fucking thing? Is it? <laughs> Okio, Okio, the Gabon Republic, and Okio. In it. In 1972, a French factory imported uranium ore from Okio in Africa's Gabon Republic. Yeah. Is this is this where Planet of the Apes is? Um, the uranium had already been no, extracted. No, you bastards! You ruined it all. You blew it up. <laughs> yeah, fucking. I've watched that in years. That film is good. For, they, they, uh, they that is a this... decent ending, isn't it? You blew it up. Oh fuck, <laughs> Hobbit! It's it's bordered by Equatorial Guinea. You were talking about that the other day, weren't you? Yeah, that was the thing. It was just like, hey, there's this island off of Africa, and it's like it's part of Equatorial Guinea. Okay, so they found this site of origin to have uh, apparently. So, if you want to know, Fraser, uh, Gab- Gabon is a country on the west coast of Central Africa, lo- located on the equator. Know. It's bordered by Equatorial Guinea to the northwest, Cameroon to the north, Republic of Congo on the east and south, and the Gulf of Guinea to the west. It has an area of nearly. 270,000 square kilometers, uh, which is 100,000 square miles, and its population is estimated at 2.3 million people. Are they all Gabon? There are coastal plains, mountains, the Crystal Mountains, and the Chalu Massif in the center, and a savanna in the east. Also known as the Chalu Massif. Gained... But Gabon, Gabon's a monkey, right? Gained, gained independence but from. You're France thinking of Babons. No, the ga- I'm sure a Gabon is a monkey. A Gabon. And, and okay. Gabon we'll is continue. an enemy. A Gabon is the enemy in a video game Yoshi's Story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that's where it was. That's, that's where, where you know it from, Fraser. Yoshi's yeah. Story. Okay. How about this? How about this for the history? Pygmy peoples in the area were largely replaced and absorbed by Bantu tribes. That's 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 a funny way of saying eaten, isn't it? <laughs> yes, absorbed into their stomachs. Yeah, <laughs> just peaceful eatings. Mostly peaceful absorption. Yeah. So. With the thing, he peacefully absorbed all those uh, people in in the Antarctica. Yeah, mostly peaceful absorption. <laughs> anyway, okay, Francis, so carry on. right, so they found the site of origin to have apparently functions a large scale nuclear reactor that came into being one point eight million eight billion years ago, and was in operation for some five hundred thousand. Oh, hold on, years. Fraser, I've got, I've got, I've got to interrupt you again because Jojo Gisborne right. said, "Are you thinking of a gibbon, which is a monkey?" Uh, which is also yeah. making me think of. Do you remember the goodies? Do 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 the funky gear. <laughs> do you remember that one? The funky yeah, gibbon. Gibbon with a ribbon. <laughs> the figure. <laughs> I mean, you know, all we do is change one letter, and it is the Gibbon Republic, yeah. isn't it? Fucking. The, that gives me that pygmy republic. <laughs> <laughs> so, Doctor Glenn T. Seaborg. Uh, former head of the United States Atomic Energy Commission and Nobel Prize winner for his work in synthesis of heavy elements, explained why he believes it wasn't a natural phenomenon and thus be man-made nuclear reactor. For uranium to burn, 
in a reaction, very precise conditions are needed. The water must be extremely pure for uh, for one. Uh, much purer than exists naturally. The material U235 is necessary for nuclear fission to occur. It's one of the isotopes found naturally in uranium. Several specialists in the reactor engineering have said they believe uranium in Okio could not have been uh, rich enough U235 for reaction to take place naturally. Oh, so, yeah, no. because th there was an ancient nuclear reactor in, in Africa. Yes. Uh, in addition to that, it's like... There's a ruins of a village uh, that borders Pakistan and India, and uh, all, all of the uh, the buildings and stuff they show signs of vitrification, and they're radioactive. Mm. I've which got another is one as well. If one right. of those is a funny little so, coincidence. You remember in 2016 when Trump said we're going to build the great, you know, the Great Wall of America? Well, actually, they actually. The Great Wall already existed. He was just rebuilding it. You see. Oh, you're talking history. about Rockwall. I'm talking. Yeah, uh, we're talking about a historic photo found in Rockwall. Yep, correct. You're right. Yeah, Rockwall so was in, interesting. In 1852, in what is now known as Rockwall Co, Texas, farmers digging a well discovered what appeared to be an ancient rock wall, estimated to be some 200,000 to 400,000 years old. Some say it's a natural formation, while others say it's clearly man-made. Dr. John Leesman at the University of Texas in Dallas tested the rocks as part of a History Channel documentary. He found they were all magnetized the same way, suggesting they formed where they were and were not moved to the site from elsewhere. But some remain unconvinced by the single TV show test and ask for further studies. Geologist James Shelton and Harvard-trained architect John Lindsay, have noted elements that seem to be of architectural design, including archways, uh, in, inlaid portals, and square openings that resemble windows. So, Great Wall of Texas, or buildings by the sound of it, it's got windows and doors. Oh. Interesting. So yeah, that's my my few contributions of the things buried in the ground. Uh, how about this one then? I don't I don't think this was buried buried because they don't say about oh archaeological site. Okay, the remains of what seems to have been a pleasant village were discovered on the sunny west bank of the Danube Danube River in 1965 at the archaeological site now named Lepensky Vir in Yugoslavia. So God knows where that is now. Um, the, the ancient community perched on a sheltered horseshoe-shaped ledge at a bend in the river has no close parallel in European prehistory. For this tiny settlement was a model of community planning with a fan-like arrangement of houses and streets. It also had a central marketplace and a sanctuary with carefully positioned stone sculptures of remarkable diversity, diversity and artistry. The town... Diversity. Yeah, the town. <laughs> yeah, you can't say that anymore, can you? It shows how old this book is. The town evinced, Hobbit. What does evinced mean? You looked it up the other earlier. Evinced means uh, it shown to, uh, clearly. So, uh, evinced and evidence are similar words. Uh, yeah, show or demonstrate clearly. It, it, the town evinced an archi architectural awareness too, with structures of trape trape trapezoidal shape and a geometric orderliness throughout. 
Also impressive is the technology displayed in the construction of the floors, which were finished with a mortar. Made by baking local limestone and adding water, gravel and sand, the substance was poured over the stone foundations, smoothed and often polished. Lepensky Veer has been a revelation to archaeologists who have dated the community back to about 5800 BC. Cutting down through the layers of foundations to the first settlement, they discovered the design of the village and the methods of construction had been well worked out early in its long history and had remained almost unchanged. Evidence that this culture had risen suddenly and spontaneously. In the view of archaeologists, Lipinski Veer stands out in, the, in European prehistory for its monumental sculptures and for its organisation of social, economic and religious life. Prior to these Can fights... Can you pronounce Lipinski Veer as, as V would do it? I don't know. Lipinski Veer! <laughs> Lipinski Veer? Lipinski Veer? That sounds more like, that's more like Borat. Yes, give me ask. Are you saying? Are you saying that V is Borat? I am saying they all talk like yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you must. Uh, prior, prior to these finds, it is assumed that the cultural develop, development of the Neolithic Europe had depended upon infusions of the ideas from the Near East. But Lipinski V shows an independent flowering of creative activity that challenges traditional views. Does the creative like flowering show like using your your daughter as prostitutes? <laughs> well, they you know they had a proper community there. It does make you wonder whether like the uh, the ancient astronaut stuff is actually true. Because like if these, what, like those, if, um, they, if they like completely independent of everyone else, just like rose up, made this fucking place and sorted this shit out. Like maybe maybe they were ancient astronauts or something. Oh, I was going to say, is it like when, um, come on, brain, you almost had it there. Uh, yeah, Mesoanific, Meso, Mesoamerican Neolithic carvings of astronauts, yeah. including like, you know, astronauts that hold a carry bag full of their oxygen. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So there's these ancient carvings of, um, uh, astronauts, uh, showing their helmets and they're carrying these bags and it's like. It, that's in helmets. Yeah, well, you know, you like if you, yeah, not the other helmets. Oh come on, you know what I'm on about. No, no, I'm missing a bounty hobbit. I, I know, I know. <laughs> I, it's like I, I can't, I don't know how to like better explain it. It's just like, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I suppose I could show you a picture of these, these things. The goldfish bowl on the red. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I mean, yeah, there's yeah. There's... Yeah, yeah, plenty of statues. Actually, some of the uh, Mesoamerican, but the best. Yeah, there's like the weird shit with like the mobile phone um, glyphs in there and things like that. Yeah, the hieroglyphs with a helicopter and submarine shit. Yeah. That's just normal, bro. Yeah, definitely. Like, just it's just a coincidence that there's hieroglyphs of computers and Apache helicopters and yes. light bulbs and such. Yeah. Maybe that's the future. We have to go back past. Or maybe, like, the future will be our language becomes like hieroglyphs because Zoomers just use. Speaks in memes. Well, I was going to say Zoomers, they, they use um, emojis to communicate instead of words because God. they're thick. Hieroglyphs. Yeah, maybe we're going backwards. Yeah, we're going backwards yeah. in pictures. 
and the, and the hieroglyphs will be confusing unless there's a Rosetta Zone to say that, like smiling crying face emoji with aubergine <laughs> means the, the future is literally just poo emojis. <laughs> yeah, but what about like the the aubergine laughing emoji. crying emotion cowboy? <laughs> And you're like like a, a serious like archaeologist, and you're trying to reset a stone. This stuff, <laughs> and you, you'll be like, "Oh yeah, the we believe plans. these were, yeah, uh, you, yeah, okay, then, Mister American." Uh, <laughs> and you're you're there trying to be a serious archaeologist, and be like, "Mate, you're just looking at pictures of an ancient shit post." Uh, what about? Did you want to do about the? What's it called? The Cockno Stone, is it? Oh, oh the yeah. So there was this show called Bo uh, Bo uh, Bo Selector. Yeah. And then when uh, Keith Keith Woods started becoming Keith Woods. Keith Woods. Keith, yeah. Keith Woods. <laughs> Keith Woods. No. When, Keith when, Woods when Keith Woods. Wo- <laughs> when he was starting to become less funny, he'd be like, "I know." I'll do the last series of Bow Selector in the United States, and I'll call it Bow in the USA. And during that time... <laughs> I I, I, uh, I'll be Keith Lemon, because Keith Lemon is not funny at all. Uh, that's right. So yeah. so Keith Woods is there, and he's got this puppet called Cocknose. And he does this creepy thing with Cocknose's nose where he kisses it. <laughs> and that's part of the joke, you see, because it's like... Ah, Avid Marion keeps Craig the Builder from season one of Big Brother in in his in his in his uh, in his closet. He keeps him there chained up. Um. So yeah. Uh, I once bought a pair of trousers off of Craig Craig the uh, Builder. I thought he was in B and Q. No, I was at, I was at a um, home base. I was at, I was at a trade fair, electrical trade fair, and uh, he was there. Oh, okay. Sold me, me a pair of trousers. Oh, did he? He said, yeah. he's, I saw you. Hey, I, I've been let out of the Craig, closet. I said, Craig, so. the legs are a bit long. Can you go past me? Oh, yeah, I'll do that for you. Like, there you go. That was it. And do it before you go back and have Marion's closet. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. That's, that's, my, that's my brush with celebrity. Your brush with fame. Yeah. So anyway, what's, the, what's the cock nose stone? Well, you tell me. You're the one showing me about Cocknose. I thought you were going to talk about it. Tell me about it. I thought you knew about it. Is is that the one with a um, jet airplane going inside the new new? Uh, <laughs> what is it with all these mysterious? No, I'm not going to read. Mysterious objects stand, going in new. I can't stand that kind of. I can't stand that kind of editorialism. So, what is it with all these mysterious stones? No, you're not a fucking youth trying to talk to me. You're a journalist. Now stop being a bell end. <laughs> So, what is it with my inability to like uh, talk like a normal human being in journalism? <laughs> is there some sort of correlation hello, between hello, the two? Hello, fellow children. <laughs> hello, fellow kids. H- hello, audience. I'm desperately trying to build some rapport with, <laughs> but failing miserably. The so-called cocknose stone. Uh, is it cocknose stone or is it cocknose stone? Oh, I love your cocknose. Let me give it a kiss. <laughs> No, Avid, I don't like it. <laughs> it well, the Cocknose Stone measures forty-three feet by twenty-six feet. That's thirteen by eight meters for French people in it. And oh, contains... here's interdimensional lizard being Mister Normal saying, "Oh, actually, Avid Marion's Lee Francis." Yeah. 
He's not. He's Keith Lemon. I think that really is him, Keith <laughs> Lemon. And contains swirling patterns known as cup and ring marks that are also been identified at prehistoric sites in other parts of the world. The slab may have been an example of ancient artwork, according to Kenny Brophy. Yeah, bro, Brophy. I'm totally bro. Oh, that's why it's called Brophy. Because I was just like, later on in the thing, I, I missed that first part. Oh, okay. And bro, Brophy states, I'm like, Brophy? What sort of name is Brophy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kenny Brophy, dude. He's an archaeologist and a senior lecturer, lecturer and all-round dude at the uh, University of Glasgow. Dude. Does he hang out with Seth Rogen and go, do, do, brophy? We do. Dude, dude where's my archaeology? Dude, where's my chisel? Dude, uh, uh, uh. I think Seth Rogen should get, like, an award for having a laugh more annoying than Beavis. <laughs> he sounds like he's having sex. Uh, uh, uh. Is that what he sounds oh, like God, when he's no, grunting over Sarah? Sex. He's grunting over Sarah Silverman, and it's like, oh, it's going to be another Holocaust in here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I believe, yeah, it probably is. Um, I believe the. Do you know what the weirdest thing about Sarah Silverman is? And it probably oh. isn't, but it's the one thing I got to say it right. Mm. So Louis C.K., which was former um, comedian, now part-time masturbator. <laughs> What he would like doing before he, going he, he on the was, show. He was quite a lot of the time masturbating. That's what he got in trouble for, wasn't it? it yeah. But, can, I just, um, can I just wank off in this pot plant while you take your clothes off? Well, that is bit. He, he would be in the dressing room with Sarah Silverman and be like, uh, can I masturbate? And sometimes Sarah was like, hell yeah. But then other times she's like, ooh, no, gross. And like, Sarah, you're giving him mixed messages. That's probably not a good idea. Yeah, it, a serial masturbator, you need to be quite clear with them. Stop it. And then you just throw a bucket of water on them or something, don't you? Yeah. Uh, Unless they're into that sort of thing. Researchers who, who studied the Concho Stone. What? Oh, oh fuck the, the sake. They call it the Concho Stone later on. Jesus fucking Christ. What is wrong with journalists? Yeah, well, that's, that's what I was thinking because it's like, yeah, <laughs> why do you keep putting it? Concho Stone. In the yeah. 1930s, believed the stone's inscriptions may have been linked to astronomical phenomena like eclipses, but Brophy doesn't think that's the case. Do, 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 do. He, and his team of dudes, he and his team of dudes are co currently studying the stone more closely to understand how prehistoric people might have used it, dude. Yeah, dude. <laughs> bro stone, dude. bro. Dude. Bro. Use the rocks, dude. Stone, <laughs> dude. <laughs> Uh, do you How know did about... they use this rock, dude? Do you know about the underwater cairn? Do you know about this one? Uh, where you bury underwater uh, burials? Yeah. Uh, in 2003, scientists in Israel discovered an enormous stone structure beneath the Sea of Galilee. The monument, which is made up of many giant stones placed on top of one another, weighs an estimated 60,000 60, tonnes. <laughs> heavier than most warships, and rises nearly 32 feet high. Scientists who found the underwater... Scientists or, you know, divers, as most people call them. The scientists who found this underwater rock pile or, or cairn have no idea what it may have been used for, though cairns in other parts of the world are traditionally marked burials, according to the researchers. Isn't that part of Australia? Other cairns? Huge, don't know. Other huge rock structures are located nearby, though none of these known structures are, are underwater. It's possible oh, that rising to, sea levels on the submerged what was once a land-based cairn. 
the research. Oh no, is what they were using too many. They were driving around too much, were they? Did did they leave the fridge light on? Yeah, some of oh, Yitzhak Yitzhak Paz, one of the is Israel. Hello, my name Yitzhak Paz. That a real name? Yitzhak Paz, Israel Authority. Throw the Jew down the well. Hey, hey, is he like the um, Israeli version of David Dickinson? Probably. Hi, I'm Yitzhak Paz. It's time for cash and attic. (laughs) We found we found a biro pad in here. Where did I get that? Never mind. Shut it down. <laughs> well, he works for the Israel Israel Antiques Authority and Ben Gurion University. He's a busy man. Believes this aquatic it's monument could date back more than 4,000 years. It may be the remains of some kind of fortified settlement, Paz told Live Science in 2013. Oh. Uh, have, you, uh, have you ever been to the Super Henge? Super, Super, Super Henge, Hobbit. Uh, no, because I didn't know it existed at the time. Yeah. I went in to Stone Age in 2011. And now for the mother load of its mysterious stones, meet Superhenge, a massive stone monument located just two miles, 3.2 kilometers, from Stonehenge in the UK. UK, UK, UK. Uh, be there, be there, be there. <laughs> Superhenge, super. Uh, the huge monument, which is made up of a collection of stone monoliths, was unearthed in 2015. Archaeologists found the monoliths beneath the bank of Durrington Walls, a grass-covered circular embankment. This superhenge was probably part of a huge Neolithic monument of some sort, according to researchers. So they've researched it and they've said it's part of a huge Neolithic monument of some sort. Some sort, you know. They've researched did, did... it. They've researched it, Hobbit. The details aren't important. Look, it's some sort of Neolithic <laughs> minimum of some sort. Some sort. Some sort. After much research, they've decided it's some sort of Neolithic monument. Yeah, yeah probably, you know, some sort of... Some I, sort I don't of. know. Archaeologists aren't sure of the stone's original purpose, but they believe the 15-foot-tall slabs once stood upright before they were pushed over 4,500 years ago. A giant monument stands at the site of a natural depression near the Avon River, and it's possible the stones once helped form a C-shaped arena where springs and a valley led down to the river. Springs and a valley? Oh, you... Down the valley. 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 Uh, right, so In the valley, boy, I need to go for another pee. It's crazy. Uh, did, you well, have, did you have a look through the highlights of the list first when I put in? Ten odd, odd archaeological finds. Do 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 Ah, okay. uh, we'll, we'll have to both oh, find it, won't we? Okay, so we get to pick. Should we do a random one? Yeah, just just do you know whatever takes your fancy. Number three. There's a plane in Manu. Number three, random number picker, giants of North America. Ooh. <clears throat> this is not a real photo. Okay, it does not. Support the Giants of North America discoveries below. We just like the photograph, Ed. Toriel. Thanks, Ed. 
Okay. Well, yeah. <clears throat> in the last few centuries, many strange archaeological discoveries have been made in America. It seems that people are unearthing extremely unusual giant human remains. Hmm. Many documented accounts of findings of giant human remains are classified as any bones represented of a person between 7 and 12 feet in stature. A human skeleton measuring 12 feet tall was unearthed at Lompoc Rancho, California in 1833 by soldiers digging in a pit for a powder magazine. The specimen had a double row of teeth. Uh-oh. It's a Nephilim. Uh, and was surrounded by numerous stone axes, probably because it got fucking its head caved in, because it's a Nephilim. <laughs> Carved shells and a, propa- pro- and a proprietary block? Proprietary. Prophery pro- 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 block? Uh, with uh, obtruse symbols associated with it. Obtru- I'd love to know what these symbols are. Um, in 1856, a decaying human skeleton measuring 10 feet 9 inches tall was unearthed by laborers plowing a vineyard in what is now Western Virginia, a mound discovered near Toledo, Ohio. In 1859, held 20 skeletons, and they were seated with facing east with jaws and teeth twice as large as those of present-day people. Wow. 1828, a farmer digging a pit buried trash near waterproof... Really? Did you really call the town waterproof, Louisiana? Are you serious? <laughs> I love some of the names of these American towns. They're really fucked up, aren't they? Well, Louisiana. You got, there's there's, there's <laughs> names like uh, like uh, you, you, some of the names are really like uh, just the like, irony. Waterproof Louisiana. <laughs> yeah, or, or Good Springs, or Bad Rock, or Rockwall. Yeah, unearthed a nine foot hey, eleven inch tall skull. Just 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 briefly. Hang on. Oh, I thought I heard someone talk in the background like a radio or something. No. That's just the Akashic record. That's just the voices in your head, Hobbit. Ah, no, it's the voices in the game. There's a radio in the distance. (laughs) Okay, so the list of these screws is quite extensive, and many claims have been made about the origin of giant bones, usually stating and ending with Sasquatch. What? What? Others have suggested an ancient race of giant humans... In 1947, a strange article posted by a Nevada state newspaper titled Atlantis in Colorado River Desert, the article discussed an incredible archaeological discovery of 32 underground caves within a 180-square-mile radius. The report indicated that the caves were discovered close to the Nevada and California border. The reigns of ancient, strangely accustomed 8-9-foot to nine foot giants died. They've been laid to rest wearing the skins of unknown animals similar to sheepskins fashion jacket, with pants described as prehistoric suits. The same burial place had been sighted 10-15 years earlier by another man who supposedly made a deal with the Smithsonian. Claims have been made that the evidence of his find was stolen and covered up by Darwinian scientists to protect the theory of evolution. Now, why would they want to do that? Um... No reason. Have been discovered by Dr. F. Bruce Russell. He initially described the finding of burial place of a tribal hierarchy. He felt that some unknown catastrophe had driven these beings into the caves. All of the implements of their civilization were there, including household utensils, stoves, well-preserved remains of dinosaurs, saber-toothed tigers, imperial elephants, other extinct beasts were found. No physical archaeological evidence 
these claims have ever been displayed. Photo. If I click on this link. Oh wow, they've actually got a photo of it. Right? Oh, is it? Oh, is it a oh, fake? Is it an artist depiction? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's weird shit. Uh, yeah, I don't know if these are real. It's like, are they real or are they fake? Nobody knows. I'll tell you what, if you if you want something interesting, just search 14 on Twitter. There's some really yeah. good there's some really good stuff in it. So there's cattle yeah. mutilations as a government black op. Uh so Oh yeah, because I mean we did a three part special on the, the stuff there. Yeah, completely ex exsanguinated. <laughs> oh Fraser, it was <laughs> it was a bit... Well, that, that's why I insisted we keep doing it, because I, I found it pretty grim as well, but it was just yeah. like, you know, We found it that needs to there's be done. a Wikipedia page where we looked right. at it, and there was actual FBI documents, so we went through the FBI documents on Wikipedia. About cattle Well, no, yeah. the FBI oh. documents on FBI.gov. Yeah, we got the PDFs. We got the documents! We got the documents! Or fucking want to shut it down and fucking hear that the kidney inside your ribs. Yeah. Yeah, it's gross, isn't it? Put cattle mutilation is gross. Uh, so what is he saying here? Uh, Weird so, as well. As for Deputy Simmons, he was left facing the helicopter. The guy who got out of the queue was about 6'2". Remarkably good looking, light hair and blue eyes. Okay, okay. Deputy Simmons, calm it down. I asked to see some event identification. He said, I have none. I looked back at the helicopters. They were dark. Or the dark green or black, no identifying markings at all, didn't even have a helmet. There weren't any dog tags. The moment I touched that man, the two other helicopters lifted off the ground and one spread one spread left, one spread right and hovered. I'm a Viet Vietnam vet, I interpreted. I interpreted this as a gun pass. If I attempted to physically arrest that man, they'd kill me right there with the same mental attitude as the pilot that ran the patrol car off the highway. Simmons did some fast, fast thinking. I told him about the mutilations in Rich County, how he'd been spotted there, how he had riders out in all three counties with high-powered rifles. The sooner or later we get a shot at his helicopter and we intend to bring you down, sir, if this type of, type of mutilation doesn't stop. And he looked at me and smiled a bit. And then he said, may I go? And I had nothing to hold him on. And like I say, and like I say, you know, I wasn't holding the high card in that deal. So I said, yeah, he got back into the helicopter and they flew off. Hmm. It's just a bit unusual. Uh, in a separate interview, Sheriff Carter states that right on the bottom door of the helicopter, you could see property of US Army and that little insignia they all have on their equipment. So there you go. I don't think it was ever mentioned in the A-Team, was it? No, I don't think so. Maybe that's what it was. I don't they, got, they got busted for that. If you can find them and you need a cow mutilated, maybe <laughs> you can contact the A-Team. Uh, what else? Uh, I bet this, there was one further up. What was this one? Where he said... Uh... Uh, as Gordon Creighton, Alan, uh, Gordon Creighton, Alan Greenfield and other scholars have suggested, it may be that all mythology, demonology, vampire legends, leprechaun stories, etc. are actually based upon earlier flaps and have merely been col coloured and, and distorted by human interpretation of these events. These events. John Keel wrote that. John Keel's the guy who wrote uh, about Roth Mothman. Uh, 
Uh, not not to be confused with John Peel. Yeah, who touched the thirteen? Touched the thirteen-year-old. Who, who who did a lot of music on on the thing <laughs> and or the radio? Fourteen-year-old girl. When uh, there's a story here, a thrift store thrift store shopper unscored unpublished photo of JFK's motorcade just before the assassination. Wait, is that like uh, recently or? Uh, I don't know, do you want me to get the story up? Uh, oh no, I don't want to, I don't want you bullshit. Uh, George Reebles was fifth shopping in Ferris, Texas, when he thought he had scored a CD copy of Batman Turner Overdrive's The Anthology. When he opened the case much later, he found someone's Polaroid of John F. Kennedy's Jr. riding in a convertible in a motorcade. The po- Polaroid? was dated 11-22-63, the day that JFK was assassinated in Dallas. Uh, so he says, the photo appears to have been snapped as the motorcade left Love Field a good distance from the location of the... So nothing burger. <laughs> a good distance from the assassination. <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely nothing story. Nothing burgers are my favourite kind of burger. Uh, I think that's about it I found from that. Uh, oh, what's this one? Then? Scientists discover superconducting material that could bring total revolution in en- energy and electronics. Is this what we were talking about the other... Do you, do you remember the fucking rocks that we found? That, that I found? You found some rocks found, in your well, garden? I found a picture. No, I found a picture of it. Uh, the rocks that have got electricity in them. Uh... Are you talking about piezo electricity or something else? Uh, I don't know. They're finding these rocks in. I think it's like Pakistan or something that got electricity in, in them. Pakistan. In Pakistan. I I don't remember this story because that sounds like something I would have I think paid attention to. Telegram somewhere. M- magic Pakistani rocks. I do remember doing a few years ago rocks, about how right, these um, rocks are like full of electricity, and when you touch them together, they spark. That's piezo electricity. Yeah, quartz will quartz will do mozzarella. that. Yeah, not mozzarella's not a rock. Mozzarella. Uh, scientists have discovered a new material that could be set to change the entire world. Researchers say they've created a superconducting material that works at both a temperature and pressure low enough to actually use it in practical situations. It reaches a breakthrough that scientists have been chasing for more than a century in making a material that able to transmit electricity without uh, without resistance and pass magnetic fields around the material. Its discovery could lead to power grids that are able to seamlessly transmit energy, saving up to 200 million megawatt hours that is currently lost to resistance. Oh, you mean like Tesla? Was Something like to... that. Oh. Yeah, that's sure. probably what it is. Uh, well, Tesla guys, we discovered this really like breakthrough thing, except it came from Tesla like hundred years ago. Well, Tesla's thing was like you you don't need to transport it on wires, or in the case exactly. of Edison saying, "Well, I don't want to transport on wires e- either." I just well, Ed- Edison wanna... wanted to do it via DC, so like basically you'd have you'd have like fucking fifty fifty to hundred milk fucking cables coming into your house, wouldn't you? 
No, because he didn't want to transport over wires. Edison's thing was like, I've got these nickel um, iron batteries, knife batteries, and he wanted to like sell you a battery full of electricity. Then you come and like when it's used charge up, it. you go. You, no, you don't charge it. You go back to the place you bought the battery from to buy another battery. So he oh, he was it. He wait, wanted to just sell people. Today. Yeah, basically, <laughs> and then and then Tesla said. No, you don't need to do this, like selling batteries like a commodity in the, in the shop. You can just transmit the electricity over wires, and if you do it with alternating current. Yeah, but what if I it, smeared you with with, with calling uh, being electric for, uh, electric killed in the electric chair, when being Westinghouse? How about if I did that, said Edison? Yeah, yeah, and, and Edison was was a dick, and uh, but anyway. Uh, uh, do you want to know what's nice, ironic nice career, about that? Nice career you've got there, uh, uh, Tesla. Be shame if someone ruined it by 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 giving by uh, serving you about four thousand, but uh, by about four hundred. Um, right. Lawsuit. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to know what's ironic about that? I'll tell you. Uh, so um, yeah, Artifi uh, artificial alternating current is good for long distance transmission of electricity. Yeah. Except when it's really long distances, then you want to use direct current. Or specifically, if you use high voltage direct current, the transmission losses are less than if you did it high voltage alternating current. Because direct current doesn't alternate, so it doesn't give off waves, which then cause induction losses. You know about HVDC lines? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yep. yeah. So, ironically enough, HVDC could be the future of energy transmission. Obviously, not not to your house. Although I'd still argue that once you got the AC in your house, there ought to be a um, a low a low voltage DC supply. So you got like a a good efficient switchmode power supply. The government can mandate saying it's got to be a minimum of this specification. And my dad said that the voltage ought to be 48 volts. And I said, well, wouldn't 12 volts be more use? And he says, no, I, I know what you're on the belt. And he said, arguably, 5 volts is more use because of USB. But 48 volts is the highest voltage you can have whilst it's still being safe. And then anything which needs a lower DC voltage, like computers and chargers, what have you, they'll have a DC to DC converter in them. But, uh, yeah... Welcome to 4TM Words, where we talk about domestic wiring installations and yeah. our Hobbit thing. There ought to be a, a, a local DC. No, I, I, the thing is, everybody, uh, I would say nearly, no, everybody, everybody in every household are using DC electronics. Your, your television, your microwave, your fridge. Actually, is the fridge still alternating current? You've got a compressed like the AC. The control circuitry is probably DC, though. But every household needs DC power, uh, simple as. So it makes sense, rather than having all these wall warts and all these inefficient DC um, converters, just have one DC converter and have a separate 48-volt DC line in your house. Yep. Fantastic. Why? So... The uh, because wouldn't it be better to have like an efficient DC supply in everybody's house rather than all these inefficient things? 
But you could have an, you could you yeah, could have cool. that quite easily with um, solar panels. Um, solar panels. No, but, solar panels in DC. Yeah, but then they use sine wave inverters so that they're AC. So they they actually lose some efficiency because they go AC and just and then you what, still need. I just see one of Ian's posts. It's the Shannon Matthews collector's plate to com- to com- commemorate the conviction of Dewsbury slob Karen Matthews for abducting her own daughter from the Dangleberry. The Dangleberry Mint is proud to present this exquisite plate. Hmm, <laughs> that was quite fun. I thought it was funny anyway. I suppose it's not that exciting, but there probably be will some sort of like move to it in the future. I know in California they've stipulated that all modern computers should only use, uh, like, their power supply should only be 12 volts. And then you'd have uh, DC converters in them to give the other voltages computers use. The idea being that then if your power supplies are only giving 12 volts and not 5 and 3.3, they can be a lot more efficient. Actually, I don't know if they can be a lot more efficient, but that seems to be the goal I don't of think it. They'd be more efficient, Hobbit, because I think. Um, well, I there's an idea. Doesn't, doesn't, doesn't AC travel along longer wires better? Yeah, but I'm talking about like inside your house. Hmm. It doesn't matter if you've got like a 20 meter run of D- of DC 48 so volts. You, are you so are you suggesting that basically there's a there's an inverter instead of like a consumer unit you'd have an inverter which then no i'd say with 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 the consumer unit as well your distribution box that would increase you've got increased safety as well wouldn't it because you wouldn't have to yeah so in in your distribution box you've got a power supply and you you could like you know do various units like three kilowatt units or if you're like a computer enthusiast you can have a six kilowatt unit or even bigger and um because you, you know you might you might be like a, a family where you got like a, a son and the dad both have a gaming PC, so you want like a six kilowatt unit, um, and it would just be more efficient to do it that way. Plus, you could also get rid of all the power supply noise, and you could keep it in just like this in the you know the the fuse box, as people call it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, thank you for coming to my TED Talk, and uh, I hope we get to see 48... Now, what plug would you like to see for the 48 DC supply? And why should it be the IEC connector? Or would that get confusing? You like an IEC connector that you have it? I do like IEC connectors, and if you go on building sites, there's those IEC connectors, and they're colour-coded, so... If you're dealing with um, proper British mains, uh, 230 the volts... They're actually making Methgator, are they? What? Oh. Coming soon from the company behind Sharknado, uh, Attack of the Methgator. Is that just to, like, uh, say, Meth-gator. oh, Cocaine Bear's popular, yeah, let's yeah, do a yeah. parody yeah, of it. Meth-gator. Yeah, it let's is. go, Methgator, let's go. Let's go. Oh, um, so, somebody else was talking about Cocaine Bear, he went to see it with his dad, and he was like, yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, it's like, like, like I said... Uh, it was a fun film. Yeah. Oh, apparently Mexico, Mexican president said they've caught an elf. Yeah, uh, did you see the video footage of it? No, no. I see it. Where is it? 
Go on. We're in unexplained pistries territory. That's definitely unexplained yeah. pistries. Oh, are we going to do some unex- we're oh. time for yeah. unexplained pistries? Oh, yeah. oh, guys, it's 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 some sort of bug. It's a kind of bug. I like the idea that um, all Mexicans like they can't differentiate any aliens to them. It's just like oh, it's some sort of bug. Imagine like um. It's a bug. <laughs> you, know, you know, like, imagine Starship Troopers and Rico's yeah. Mexican. It's like, oh, I don't know. It sounds like a bug. <laughs> it's afraid, bro. It's afraid, bro. Ah, the gringos. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Hey. Mystery surrounds exotic cat that has tested positive for cocaine. <laughs> uh, I'm from Tijuana and I say kill all them bugs. Oh, but you, you got to find it because it's not in Unexplained Mysteries. What? Yeah. The, the, the I'm from Mexico and I say the kill them all. The elf. The, the, the elf on the Mexican cocaine shelf. What the fuck? Huge <laughs> bug found, out, found outside Walmart turns out to be rare Jurassic era insect. Yeah, I saw this bug outside Walmart. I was walking into Walmart to get milk and I saw this huge insect on the side of the building. I thought it looked interesting. So I put my hand and did, I, I put it in my hand and did the rest of my shopping with it between my fingers. Got it home, mounted it and promptly forgot about it for also almost a decade. While teaching an online biodiversity course, however, Skvala and his students... Easy for you to say. Skvala... Skvala. S-K-V-A-R-L-A. Is that Skvala? Jisikskwi. Skvala. I think it might be Swedish. Skvala. Realised the insect he found was actually a rare Jurassic era species known as a giant lacewing. Oh. So how much is one of those worth then? So does that that mean uh, fucking Walmart is from the prehistoric Jurassic era? (laughs) Uh, How about this one? Tiny insect uses its butt to shoot pea droplets at super fast speeds. Ah, there's a type of, um, uh, I think it's either a lobster or something, and the way it hunts fish is it squirts water out of its claws really fast. And it it stuns fish, like, uh, yeah, because there's cavitation, so the water is superheated because it cavitates. What, so it cooks it then, does it? Yeah, just enough to stun it, and then it comes in and kills it. With it, you know, gives it a pinch with the claws, and then it. Oh, you know, it's a bug, and it, it's 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 tagged the. F- I can't do Mexican. Hey, it's a hey Holmes essay. It's a bug. Now, now a team of researchers studying a type of cicada known as the glassy winged sharpshooter have discovered this unassuming insect has a rather novel trick up its sleeve. Measuring a year a mere one point two centimetres in length, the insect's diet consists of ninety five percent water and five percent nutrients, meaning meaning that it needs to urinate the equivalent three hundred times its own body weight every day. Impressively it does in other words, it's like me on a Friday night outside yeah. the pub. <laughs> Impressively it does this by excreting single droplets and then catapulting them large distances at remarkable speeds using a So in other words it's like me area. saying, Hey, I bet I can piss over this wall. Yeah. Hey, check out this bug. <laughs> Why are you do what what is this bug thing, Hobbit? I I I just like Mexicans see everything as a bug ah, I found, and I'm speaking. I found it, I found it, hold on. Uh 
You found a bug? No, I found the Dude, elf. check out this bug. As long as you got your elf, that's the main thing, isn't it? I bet. That's it. That's right. Uh, right then. Uh, so let's fire up. What the fuck is Chrome? Hey, check out this bug. I found it in a tree. Hobbit, what the hey, fucking bro. hell are you on about? D- that ain't a bug. That's an elf. Yeah, that's <laughs> that a type of bug. This video is it? Mexicans just oh, there's no anything. Video bug, on it. Man. There's no video, what? just a picture. I'm sure it's a picture. Hey, at least. check out this picture of a bug. Yeah, it should. Oh. Be. Dude, you should be able to see oh, it. Oh yeah. Oh okay. Uh, so anyway, person in Mexico posts a bizarre photo of myth- mythical elf-like true creature. Hey, yeah, I I seen this picture. Of, oh, I think it's some kind of bug. Has anyone I, said to him as long as you've got your elf? That's the main thing. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. In a, uh, in a bizarre tweet on February 25th, Lopez Obrador, which is a real name apparently. Hello, my certain... name is Lopez. I am <laughs> a presidente. It was Lopez. certainly no stranger to ethnicity. Oh, nearly said eth- ethnicity then. Eccentricity. Posted up on what he seemingly believed was a genuine was genuine evidence of a mythical creature. His post included two in, two images, one of a strange creature in a tree he claimed had been captured on camera by an engineer three days earlier and a second of a Mayan sculpture. The creature... Uh, the creature he so is claimed... He just saying, hey, you should come to Mexico and, and buy like my authentic, my authentic Mexican sculpture, bro. Isn't that man? Yeah, the creature, Mexican. The creature he claimed was an Alex, a ah. type of mischievous elf of Mayan folklore. I share two photos of our supervision of the mayor. So it's a Mexican leprechaun. Yeah. So it's a me- Mexico. Is that a, does that make it a Mexican? A Mexican. Does that make it a, a Mexican? A Shibidagora. Have to see my beans. Ah, chop, chop got... the refried beans to you. Who's see my magic beans? I'd like to buy some beans. Would you like to buy some beans? I've got beans. Do you have beans? I've got beans. Well, that don't look nothing like fucking uh, what's his name, Legolas, does it? <laughs> Yo, I think I've seen a Hobbit, dude. No, it's a bug. How about this one then, Hobbit? One percent of the population cannot mentally visualize anything at all. What? Oh, uh, like there's another thing, right? Uh, draw a picture of a bottle, and then you know it's got some water at the bottom of it. Yeah. Like it, it, like imagine a bottle and it's one third full of water, yeah. right? Uh, it turns out nearly every woman, when they draw, you draw the bottle, but now it's at an angle, and they say now draw the water line. They they just put the water line as if like they don't do it right. They they draw the water line if it's like uh, parallel to the bottom of the water. It's like no, that's not water flows. Like you, you could literally show them like a bottle of water in real life, and like when you tilt it, the water tilts with it. But they'll still draw it that way. Another thing is like if you ask them to draw a picture of a bicycle from memory, like they can't do it. And it's like, hang on, I thought right. women were like good when it comes to this. Like they got an eye for detail with flower arranging and stuff. But it's like, nope, can't draw bicycles from memory. Can't draw a bottle of water when it's tilted. It and also can't visualize anything in their head. <laughs> women have no internal really? monologue. Yeah, uh, women are NPCs. 
I mean, I love that, there's even a type of synesthesia in which people's minds run written text on a mental ticker tape. Even though the, even though ticker tape or subtitle subtitle synesthesia TTS was first studied in 1883 by Charles Darwin's cousin Francis Galton, little was known until lately. Study published recently, one of the first to explore this condition in more depth, found that one of the 26 participants with TTS most had additional types of synesthesia, most commonly space-time or number space, where they experienced time or number number location. What? Yeah. That's number wang. (laughs) There's some variety in how long people had TTS, with 19 of the 26 times participants with TTS saying they experienced it since they learned to read or for as long as they can remember but three said it did not start until adolescence around 40% of participants had TTS even in response to animal sounds and 90% had had it as a response to their inner voice one participant told the researchers how after a few days of hearing a bird singing in his garden he started seeing a written word in his mind that represent the bird song what the fuck what, so you had sheet music for the fucking bird homie. Yeah. Well, many adults can imagine written words when listening to speech if asked to do so. Many people with TTS are different because of the ease of with, with which it happens. In fact, some cannot stop even when it makes it difficult to follow conversations. When lots of people are talking at once, but the ability to process information from different senses at the same time is often helpful. There is an evolutionary explanation for this. Uh, Go on. So when our ancestors walked on the African savanna, citation needed, over a hundred thousand <laughs> years ago, fast recognition of what they heard or saw was essential. For example, upon hearing a sound coming from the bushes, humans had to quickly decide how to react. More information helps us make the right choice. So, so if we also saw or smelled an animal in the scrub behind us, we could more easily determine if it was dangerous predator. Blah 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 blah. Binded, binded, diff, binded information from different senses can help us reach farther, faster and more accurate decisions. For example, when listening to, a, to speech that is not easily comprehensible, perhaps because of background noise, people better understand what's being said if they see the speaker's mouth move. During the time of COVID re- re- restrictions, when masks were mandatory, many people realised how much harder they found it to understand others when they couldn't see their mouth. And it's completely retarded the learning development and speech development of children. Yeah. Because guess what? It turns out the reason babies look at you when you're talking is to mimic the the the, the facial the things what you do with your mouth. Babies mimic, and then they eventually figure out speech. Can't do that if you've got a fucking mask in your face, as which is completely useless. As I is, fucking hate masks. <laughs> as is the case with TTS. We can sometimes boost the amount or type of information. Yeah, but this is 1% of people, so it can't be a... a, a survival every time you say... Well, what about, like, um, colour blindness as a survival titties. trait? You imagine titties. Uh, you imagine titties? When I say TTS. No, every time you say TTS... No, every time you say TTS, I imagine, like, yeah... <laughs> donate to the, the TTS. No, it's ticker, and then tape, you get ticker the t- tape synesthesia, this one is. 
Oh, well, yeah, you know, that's... That's weird. Let's face it. Ticker the tape po- synesthesia is fucking weird. Like, there, there is no way that is any kind of survival fucking technique. Yeah, I, I, I don't understand. Some stroke survivors... Oh, this, is, this sounds more like it. Some stroke survivors lose their inner speech but can still speak out loud, while others lost overt speech to, to a stroke, while their inner speech remained intact. Similar case of visual imagery loss have been reported as well. So basically, brain-damaged people can't imagine stuff. Yeah. So what does that say for people that could never imagine stuff? Yeah. You're thick. Yeah. You're thick. And you don't know you are. You're thick, and you don't know you are. <laughs> do, do, do you remember all that stuff a while ago during the NPC stuff when people were like you're... what people hear voices in their heads? Do you remember that? <laughs> it's like you're thick, and you don't know you're thick. You're thick. You're too thick to know. Yeah, I'm saying they're very thick. They did shut that down really fast, didn't they? Fucking yeah, it was it was it was an inconvenient truth, man bear pig. Uh, you seen the glitch in the Matrix as a dead bird is filmed motionless in dead air in mid air. Uh, please wait. Simulation updating. Yeah. yeah. Go on then. You want to do that? Well, it's not much of a story. It's like dead bird seen floating in air. <laughs> yeah. No, no, nothing to see here. It's Move like, along, it's like people. That, that thing with the planes, right? It's like the planes are just floating in there. And yeah, you seen that? Yeah, I think I have. Yeah. You saw that? Yeah. There's quite a few well, about, aren't there? Yeah. It's like just hovering, not moving. Oh. That's just normal, bro. Why, why you yeah, got to question that? I did this, uh, did this last week, but last time. But nineteen-year-old is youngest ever person to be diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Yeah, we have done that. But he's in China, so it's probably the lead. Uh, no, it's the safe and effective. Is it? Yeah. Uh, cops issue warning over man dressed as Cookie Monster in California. That'd be Biscuit Monster if you're in England. I've actually heard this story on the Biscuit political Monster. website oh, known as the Hate Bus. So, uh, yeah. Do you know what the dude's out... name is, Hobbit? Uh, he's also came up... I think they called him Creepy Alma or the something, be- because... Yes, the man behind the mask is 59-year-old Adam Sandler. No, not that one. <laughs> yeah, that's it. No relation to other... But anyway, it turns out uh, he, he also used to dress up as Alma and say, yeah. Hey, I'm Alma, and I hate the Jews. <laughs> Which... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so like um, the ADL's like we disavow. Oh, is this uh, why he's this... a conspiracy-driven muppet? They and they won't name what the conspiracy is. Yeah, they they, they disavow everything that Almo has said. Yeah. Wait, the actual guy Almo thinks Almo. that no, he Adam Sandler is not the the guy who plays Almo. Not that the Adam guy Sandler. Adam Sandler dresses up as Almo and Cookie Monster, and it's like. Cookie Monster, think t- six million cookies in my ovens is too many. <laughs> so, you know, Cookie Monster knows a lot about baking cookies. How long do you think it'll take to cook those cookies? Um, it will take exactly six years. Exactly. Yeah. Well, hold on about it. This is under comments of another of another story. Was Marconi the same company that had something like thirty odd employees die in very strange circumstances? Six employees. Let's have a quick look at this one. I found the link. There's a link. Someone's put the link into it about the great Marconi die-off. 
It's a me and my Connie. It's, it's a, a me. It's not Batman. Uh, so the first death to the game widespread attention and be linked to the theory came in 1986 to 1987. In just about a year, six different scientists died in mysterious circumstances, three of whom had worked for the Marconi Company, a subsidiary of the defence group General Electric Company. Most deaths were ruled suicides or accidents. One died after driving his car, which had been packed full of petrol containers into a building. Accident. It's a me, Marconi. Tied a rope to his neck. Tied a rope to his neck and and a tree, and then drove off in the car. Sounds like an accident to me. Third died of carbon monoxide poisoning in his garage. That sounds like an accident as well. It just just coincidental accidents. Look, scientists are known for being very clumsy and dying by misadventure all the time. There's no conspiracy there whatsoever. Stop peddling your, your unsubstantiated conspiracy theories. Yeah. So there you go. Nothing to see here. Moving on. Oh, what's this one, Bass? Oh, okay. I've just removed nearly all of the material in the article. I don't have any problem with it in principle, but it's completely unacceptable to tell... St- Tell stories like these without indicating what sources they come from. I'm quite willing to believe that the, that the references say these things, but that isn't enough. You have to cite which references say which thing. So someone's jannied it. Someone's jannied it. That's why the article's so short. <laughs> All right. Oh, okay. The article needs well, some I, I serious get, work. I, I guess we don't need to know. Yeah. The, the details of the conspiracy theory need to be provided. The sources need to be... Where's your sources, bro? Yeah. Source citation. Yeah. There's nothing to see. There is fucking nothing to see here, bro. Yeah, and you bitch best recognise. Nothing. Oh, what's this? Uh, oh, shit. There's fucking 404s all over the place with this one. Obviously nothing to see here. <laughs> no. Redacted. Fucking hell. London, so this is London AP. That's Associated Press, is it? March 30th, uh-huh. scientist David Sands climbed into his car, the trunk packed with t- tanks of gasoline, and drove in front of a... What, why is, how is this London AP? And he's talking like a yank. Drove into the front of a vacant restaurant. He died in a fireball that incinerated him almost beyond re- recognition. Fifth British science scientist involved in a security-related research to die in mysterious circumstances t- since August. A sixth scientist has been missing since January. To- together, the cases add up to either a s- series of bizarre coincidences or to a cloak and dagger conspiracy. Fuck, I love I love stumbling on shit like this accidentally. But even those who suspect a conspiracy don't know where to begin looking for answers and the, or the, for the facts that link the tragedy is disparate and inconclusive. The government agrees it's odd that, that all were computer scientists working in the defence field, but has rejected calls for an inquiry. Well, does, I, th- I think yeah. the government may know what's going on here then. Yeah. Some MPs standing up. Yes, we'll look into it, and then he gets a fucking tap on the shoulder. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh nah, no, we're not. No, no, no. Do you want a car no need. accident? Nothing to you. <laughs> exactly. All the deaths look like suicides, but only two have been ruled so, uh, so ruled officially. In no case has a convincing motive for suicide been made known. Uh, fuck! This is a weird story, isn't it? Um, what could they be working on that gets them fucking? Yeah. 
Uh, so what we got? The first death was reported on August 5th when Vimal Dajibai, 24, was found in See the gorge, say. gorge below Cliff. Vimal Dajibai? Vimal Dajibai? Hobbit, there's nothing to see here, though. Yeah. yeah. The government, of, the go- government, will you look into this? No, there's nothing to see here. <laughs> Marconi officials say he worked for Marconi Underwater Systems at Watford near London as a junior software engineer checking torpedo guidance systems. It's not known why he travelled to Bristol, 105 miles west of London. On October 2028, 20, Ashad Sheriff a computer systems analyst working for another Marconi unit in London was found strangled in a park near Bristol. The inquest found he'd tied a, ro- tied a rope to a tree, looped the other end around his neck and drove off in a car at high speed. Um, yeah. So I, I guess like conventional forms of uh, suicide, just like, yeah. nah, yeah. that's not elaborate enough. Yeah, I'm surprised nobody's done the actual like you know super glue their hands to their head, piano wire around their neck, uh, and a noose around their feet. But the piano wire is shorter than the the rope. No Hobbit. No. Oh, oh, not okay. I'm I'm not. I'm I'm just Um, saying. A tape recording found in his car satisfied (laughs) Coroner Donald Hawkins that it was a suicide. (laughs) But again, the question was why Bristol. So these two dudes. (laughs) <laughs> that work near London have both decided to go near Bristol and top themselves. Yeah, uh, well, you know, if you, you know, were in Bristol, you'd top yourself too. Yeah. Hawkins suggested <laughs> police look for a link with the first death observing, as James Bond would say, this is past coincidence. Police say they found no link whatsoever. Wait, James Bond says that? Apparently. Police say they've put no, no, there's no link between the two blokes from London that work for Marconi that have gone, that have come to Bristol to top themselves. No link whatsoever. Okay. And this um, is why there's no link. Because Sharif, 26, had worked for the same company as Dajibai in early 1986, but at a different factory and not on underwater, underwater research, says Marconi spokesman Abel Haddon. To me, Marconi. Uh, on January the eighth, Avatar Singh Gida, twenty-six. But hold on, I think I'm. I, Wait, I, I all these I, guys Indian? <laughs> yes. It, like, uh, unironically, do you think this is like some sort of Shiva death cult? <laughs> 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 on, January, on January the eighth. Avatar Singida 26 vanished. A researcher at Loughborough University's electronics department, he was finishing his doctorate in acoustics technology and was engaged... Do you engaged... think this is like the MI fucking 6 version of fucking India? Like, bumping them up? I don't know. That's why I'm saying it's like a... Is Traitors it... to the party or something. I, I, I'm wondering if they're like part of the fuggies or something like that because they, they do human sacrifice in India. Uh, engaged on an unclassified research contract placed by the Ministry of Defence, according to a ministry spokesman who insisted on anonymity. Like, I don't want to go to Bristol, says Ministry of Defence guy, (laughs) says Ministry spokesman. Uh, Singh Gida was last seen testing acoustic equipment at a reservoir near Loughborough. He'd vanished two years before his wedding anniversary. Sorry, every time it reminds me of that joke. You you know the one, what you call a a lesbian Hindu? Minjita. Minjita. Yeah. He vanished two days before his wedding anniversary and he had already bought his wife a gift. Marconi says Singida and Dajbai were nodding acquaintances. Singida. While living in the same faculty residence at Loughborough in 1979. Britain, whose nuclear arsenal is submarine-based, is a world leader in undersea warfare technology. 
Loughborough, Northern England, is a ma- it's not it's mid it's Midlands. It's not Northern England. It's a major research centre in the field. On January the fourth, computer design expert Richard Pugh. Yeah, well, you know what Londoners are like. Well, he's not anything a, he's north not of the Watford. He's not in a thuggy death cult, is he? Peter, 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 but and and. Anything north of the Watford Gap is is north to them. Okay. Richard Pugh Here found be death in his home in the east of London. February 22nd, Peter Peeple, <laughs> P-A-P-E-A-P-E-L-L. Uh, That's a neat real name. People. What's the controversy? Peter Peeple. Hello, my name is Peter Peeple. How are you? I am Hugh Mann. <laughs> a lecturer at the Royal Military College of Science at Shrivenham near Swindon, died well, died lying under his car with the engine running and the garage door shut. So don't, you, don't, you generally, don't you generally run the hose pipe indoors? You don't lie under the fucking car, do you? I know what I'll do. I'll lie in... Uh, oh, fuck, no. Um, carbon monoxide, Hobbit. Is it heavier or lighter than air? Ah, uh, right. So oxygen, atomic mass 16, carbon monoxide, I think. I think carbon... Is lighter than this, so let me just check. I'm, is... just, well, I'm just wondering whether he's like a super autist and he's decided that if he lies under his car, it'll that it'll get to him quicker. Yeah, yeah. Um, average molecular mass, monoatomic mass. Like, what the fuck? I just want carbon monoxide mass. Fuck's sake! <laughs> right, carbon monoxide. Carbon monoxide, also known as powder gas or fire damp. It's Molar molar mass of 28.01 grams per mole. Yeah, so what is the uh, O2? If I just go O2, let's do that. O2 or dioxygen. Right, so dioxygen. Ah, yeah, so I don't get the the ground state of O2 as a bond. No, I just want the molecular mass of... Oh, if I... Right. Um... Molecular mass of dioxygen. I'm pretty sure, like, a carbon monoxide is 14 and oxygen is is 16. So, uh, so is yeah. that like super uh, or so? Could that so could that potentially be super? Uh, yeah, carbon monoxide is heavier than air. So could that potentially be super autism then? Yeah, uh, a few years ago, I did suffer carbon monoxide poisoning in my room, so I went upstairs until my skin stopped being red. Yeah, Uh, I'm pretty sure sure I've heard of people, like, where they've had a... a... Ah, right. Uh, So the the dioxygen, the O2 in the atmosphere, has got a molecular mass of 32. So that means carbon monoxide's lighter than that, is it? Let me just have a look at the molecular mass of carbon monoxide. you run the hose into the car, don't you? If you're going to do kill yourself like that. Yeah, because it's an airtight environment. Or, or airtight yeah. enough. Yeah. So um, if, you, if, you're uh, in a, if you're in a garage, garage, potentially it could just run out of the door, couldn't it? Then... You see, this is... Laying on, why... laying on the floor... Would laying on the floor do it? Uh, is this like... When Dr. David Kelly was said, oh, yeah, he committed suicide by taking pills and then he slashed his wrists. And then it's with like... Blood, with a blunt knife. Yeah, but also the blood loss wasn't enough to account for it. The blood loss is, is indicative that his wrists were cut after he died. And also the pills in his stomach weren't so digested. We've, we've spent enough, enough on Peter people. 
but the defence ministry says people, Peter People, the real name Peter People, was working on a non-classified study of Soviet advances in beryllium metallurgy. Beryllium is widely used in atomic reactors. Yep, that's true. Sands, the most recent scientist to die, was a researcher for ESOMS, a Marconi sister company where the Defence Ministry says he was working on a tender for air defence systems contract. There is no clue to who put the gasoline gasoline tanks in his car before he went on his fateful ride in Basingstoke. Hey, no, this is England. We say petrol. Yeah. After Sands' death, opposition lawmaker and defence specialist John Cartwright wrote to Defence Procurement Minister Lord Trafarn saying, I do not wish to be accused of inventing plots more suited to a TV thriller than real life, but I think the circumstances of these four cases stretch the possibility of mere coincidence too far. Uh, Trafarn, completely above board, says, uh, I agree, it's odd that, they, that all were computer scientists working in the defence field. But there are any there there any relationship stops. I don't see that especially inquiry such as you suggest is either desirable or necessary at this time. So in other words, really nothing to see here. Move along. Stop asking questions. Well, Marconi's Haddon insists there's nothing to suggest the deaths are more than coincidence. We employed really 35,000 people in 18 separate sister companies, he told the AP. These individuals were working on separate programs for separate companies at separate locations. So, like, literally, Mark only say, look, if you employ enough people, some of them are going to commit suicide. A bit a bit like um, a bit like Hillary's, H- Hillary's attitude. You know, <laughs> if you know enough people, like, yeah. uh, quite a lot of them are going to die in Cessna accidents. Yeah. It's just normal. Oh, yeah. Interdimensional Lizard says CO2 is 28, Hobbit. It's still not as good as odds as inventing water-powered cars. So, I mean, not, uh, C- not CO2, carbon monoxide. That's CO. He said CO. Oh, did I say CO2? Oh. I meant CO. Use, yeah, okay. So he's saying air is a mixture of things, so you need the average molecular mass, which they say is 28.9. Yeah, because nitrogen's the main constituent of air. So does that mean CO, CO is lower Oh, than right, air? yeah, okay, that's right, yeah. So uh, O2, dioxygen with a molecular mass of 32, that's heavier, carbon monoxide's lighter, but because there's a lot of nitrogen mixed in the air, which is, yeah, uh, um, yeah, yeah it's, it's weird. <laughs> So it's about the same then. So that would be why you. So would that be why you run the hose into the car so the car fills up with it? Yeah. Okay then. So laying on the floor would probably counteract a lot of it. Is that what we're saying? Uh, mate, he he was found dead, probably due to carbon monoxide asphyxiation. Yeah. But why was he laying on the floor? That's the weird bit, isn't it? Uh, your guess is as good as mine. Yeah, the whole thing. It's quite fun to find a new conspiracy, though, isn't it? Quite, mm. quite by accident. But yeah, that was. No, no, there's no conspiracy there. That that bloke says there's nothing to see here. Move along. Like, Stop asking questions. People. You've had Marconi, the employer, say there's nothing to see here, and also the defense, the defense guy. So there's obviously nothing to see here. Exactly. Is nothing 
nothing to see here. You're just a conspiracy theorist. Yeah, filthy conspiracies. Filthy conspiracy. Right, are we done for the evening? Yep. Are we done? Yeah, it's nearly up. Oh, I, I, yep. oh, okay. Yeah, I was just going to say if you wanted to do um, more because, you know, uh, right. weren't there last week on account of the fact of conspiracy? Yeah. No, yeah. no conspiracy. There was there was no conspiracy, nothing to see. There was literally nothing to see last week, so move along. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, I'm done, so good night all. Go away now. Go away 